Matthew Kroll. But you really like me. You like me. My name is Shahir Dowd. Hang on, guys. I just got to eat this banana real slow. My name is Jamie Walsh. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically our Oscar recap and our year in review of reviews of the year for 2019. Hi, everybody. That's not confusing at all for anyone. I designed it to be just the right amount of wrong. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed my rendition in the beginning of James Corden and Rebel Wilson's uh, Cats sketch. Did they do a cat sketch? Of the Oscars. Yes, they did. Did they go to the heavy seat layer? Uh, no, but they no. batted that microphone around like champs. Oh, really? It was very funny, and we were working, we were we were watching it at the comedy club that I work at, and my boss said, they're gonna break that mic! Oh, wow. Yeah, it did, when you did it at the beginning, I was like, my, Matt, these are expensive mics, please don't do that. I, I had to do it, so everyone, you know, just to explain <laughs> it, I wanted to make sure that you knew the joke, in case you didn't see the Oscars, like someone in the room didn't see the Oscars. Didn't watch the Oscars. <laughs> but but I will I, I got a confession to make. Yeah. I okay, I went off Twitter. Completely went off Twitter, went off Facebook, only had my messages open, and I and I saw first thing that happened, and I was like ducking and diving back here, is that people started tweeting me when I believe, and I I, I don't know when this had happened, but obviously a, a certain New Zealander uh, whose name rhymes with um uh, Micah, Micah, fi, yeah, fi, yeah, bikini, yeah. Uh, w- must have won an Oscar because people were tweeting me, "Congratulations to New Zealand." That doesn't it, rhyme. So uh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I don't know which award that person has won an award for. Sure. So I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I, 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 and I, I will avoid messages and I will avoid looking at messages. And so I only tweeted you saying, "Text me when you're done, so that we can get there, so I can get out of the house and and you know, like I can avoid this of this course. black hole that I've created for myself." Yep. New York City has installed. <laughs> A series of billboards which uh, play live information on bus stops, uh, uh, and they and and apparently uh, this there's was one, uh, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong. There's one right outside your front door, right outside my apartment. So I was like, literally, I had blinders on and I was like, good to go. And then I walked out my door, turned the corner, and boom. New York City uh, MTA informed me. <laughs> so next year, uh, A, you have to put your phone in airplane mode. Yep. And B, we have to come to your house, beat you, put a bag over your head, and then drag you unconscious to this apartment. I think that's the way to do it. And, I really and think. And then the, do the podcast. Yeah, I think we should all go uh, very. The report, if anyone saw that, the other Adam Driver <laughs> movie that came out this year about uh, torture at uh, at the hands of the U.S. Yeah. intelligence service. Yeah. Oh, but, that's um, not Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. And um, yeah, and that's the way to do to, to do the arbitrary rule that we set up for ourselves, which is that I was not gonna watch or know any of the Oscars so that you could tell me this in real time. Now, to be fair, I have not looked at the results, but I am amazed at the speed at which information travels these days because literally I, I, I've just walked outside my apartment and I'm filled <laughs> with news that I did not want to know. Spoiler alert, spoilers. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's basically what where we're at right now. Yeah, spoilers can hit you at any second. Any time. You can you can dodge like Neo from the Matrix, but you're still gonna get hit. Well, uh, Neo uh, from the Matrix, Keanu Reeves was at the Oscars and he ooh. was delightful. He yeah. was. Uh, he's always a charmer. He uh, was breathtaking. He was breathtaking. <laughs> when Game of Thrones was still going on, uh, one day I had uh, been unable to watch it, and I was walking to work Monday morning, and all uh-huh. I was thinking about was how I hadn't seen Game of Thrones and how worried I was. And I thought, no, it's not. It's not realistic 
to worry about this. And then a guy behind me on his cell phone started saying, I just, how could Jon Snow fuck up like this? And I had to turn around to a total stranger and say, you need to get off your phone. I haven't seen it yet. And he profusely apologized to me. Uh, Good I mean, on you for protecting yourself from spoilers. Everyone I felt out there. A little silly. Spoilers, <laughs> I mean, spoilers are really uh contagious, no question. <laughs> like a like a the coronavirus. That's, but yeah. we're gonna we're gonna okay, so we're gonna tackle this systematically th- today because I wanna get through these uh as quickly as possible sure. so that uh so that I am no longer uh, in the dark in the dark entirely. So we are gonna go through uh a couple of the awards here. I'm gonna guess what won, despite having su- a fairly good idea because sure, of the news sure. travel. And then you're going to inform me in real time what actually won. Yep. Um, I think this is going to be more interesting for some of the the uh, non-big awards. Uh-huh. The non-big ones. The, the, the non. They're all big awards, Shahir. Well, it's I, I added two awards at the at the last minute for this because I uh-huh. thought you, in this room we might have some unique insight sure. into these sure. awards, and they sure. are best costume uh, and best editing. Do we want to do those now? Or do you want to save them? No, let's do those now. Let's do those oh, first up. Right so off the bat. The nominees for best costume design were The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Jamie, I feel like you have some unique insight into this, into this particular category. Why, what can you. you tell me? Why do I sound like an Oscar presenter all of a sudden? Well, it's I mean, we're 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 uh, I was I was about to lie. I was about to lie to the audience. I was like, we're all dressed up because yeah. da 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 because we were, <laughs> and now after the photo shoot. I hope um, everyone hears me exhale deeply. Uh, Jamie's very upset about this, which is why I wanted to call us out. We are now back in our comfy clothes. Uh, actually, Jamie and I were dressed up. We went to a QED, which is a wonderful uh, comedy venue in Astoria, Queens, where they had a great uh, Oscar party, and Shahir couldn't go because I didn't this, know. this gimmick. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, we're all super comfy right now. Uh, Jamie, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Talk to us about uh, costume design and no, what happened. Sure. So, okay, uh, RE, costume design. RE, my experience with these films. Um, I uh, struggled going to the movies this year a lot because I was very busy slash I quit my job and uh, was very uh, ma- ma- wanted to make sure that I was uh, on top of my own being stuff. a responsible mm-hmm. unemployed person anyway yeah that so I Wait, saw you're a freelancer you're an employee in the new world that's true yeah. that's normal now and yeah. it's starting to work but yeah. for a while I was like yeah. oh boy um, anyway not the point uh, my point is I saw uh Eight out of nine of the best pictures for this year. Okay. Uh, Did you see all of these? Set, one, one, set, uh, eight of which I've seen in the past two months. Yeah. Seven of which I've seen in the past week. Okay. Six of which I've seen in the past two days. Yeah, what? You were being like doing hard. homework? Yesterday, I woke up. We watched Parasite. Yeah, we did. Was that the first time you'd seen it? Yes. Yep. Good God. Well, Jamie's, yeah. Yeah. It, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah. I went home uh, after getting in a fist fight with a Blu-ray player that I was generously gifted but has rejected me as its owner. <laughs> uh we we I watched Marriage Story on Netflix, which my roommate came home halfway through, got mad at me for watching without her, and we had to restart it from the beginning. So oh, I've God. seen it one and a half times. Great. Yeah. Uh then uh, uh, after after a while, I got my computer to work and I watched Jojo Rabbit. Okay. This morning, I got up early and I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, upon finishing <laughs> that, I got I put my shoes on, went to the movie theater, and watched 1917. Oh. Uh, Oof, that sounds rough. I, uh, you know, it was like going to the Fringe Festival. Okay. I kind of loved it. Um, 
the only movie I had to pick a movie that I couldn't see that I uh, couldn't fit into my two day schedule, and right. I picked the Joker um, because I I've seen a lot of Joker renditions, and mm-hmm. it's I've heard it's a wonderful film, mm-hmm. and I have uh, no disrespect to Joaquin Phoenix, who I've heard gives a wonderful performance, but also fuck Todd Phillips. So <laughs> wow. yeah, I don't need him. We don't need him. Leave him at the gas station. Wow. Keep driving. I'm I done. Like I don't need him. him. I like the hangover. Um, but uh, okay, but anyway, so, so, so these, I have a lot of, and actually, before we jump right into costume design, I made a list of things that happen in common with these films because okay. there's a lot of cross themes. Okay. Uh, so real I, quick, I will say up front about these costume design, they're all historical pieces. I'm gonna get there. Yeah. Yes, it's true, and that <laughs> takes generally takes the cake. Yeah. Um, uh, but a few things that ha- these movies have in common: one, car culture aesthetically. And also mechanically. Wait, wait, wait. So Ford versus Ferrari, and what are the others? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Fair. Very, very, very heavy car, on the aesthetic yeah, yeah, car yeah, culture. Yeah. I would argue that one is car culture, and one is using cars for a broader cultural time period. Are you going to open car, that champagne? Yeah, I think cars are part of oh, is, Once is Upon it, a Time in Hollywood. Is it time that. while you're doing your diet drive? I've just not seen a lot of cars in 1917, The Joker, maybe in The Irishman. Ford versus Ferrari yeah. and and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are both car-heavy films. One of them very heavy, and the yeah. other one very specifically did angled little, at car culture. Did Little Women have a car in it? I, oh, remember, no, I remember in one of the miniseries, at one point. someone has a car. I, I've been watching a lot of little women. Okay, continue. Uh, number two, uh, Germans being simultaneously villainized and humanized. Mm, okay, I'm thinking Jojo Rabbit. I'm thinking 1917. That's the two of them. Uh, that's it? There's a, it's usually two. Okay. Number three, <laughs> Italians feeling frustrated and out of the loop. Uh, uh, well, that's uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Ford v. Ferrari. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. His, his Italian wife at the oh, end is just yeah. like, no, 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 no. And then she takes sleeping pills, she goes to sleep. Isn't it amazing I forgot that person? Um, uh, uh, Concussions. That's a big one. Parasite. Parasite in 1917. Yep. Uh, Headshot scenes involving Robert De Niro. Headshot scenes involving, so uh, uh, Joker and Irishman. Irishman, yep. Scarjo tying shoes. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's a a hard one, yep. Laura Dern giving marital advice. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's always angry. Actor and playwright Terry Letts being a bossy yet yielding figure of the patriarchy. Tracy Letts? Oh, what did I say? <laughs> Terry. Tracy. Sorry. Wait, what, <laughs> what two films was that? Ford uh, Ferrari, Little, Little Women. Women. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I just found it this week. He wrote Osage in yeah. Osage County. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness. But very well regarded playwright. Um, and Al Pacino being a quirky authoritarian. authoritarian. Uh, That's only, my list. Only the Irishman for that one? Uh, no, also, uh, also, uh, Once Upon a Time, Once in, upon Hollywood. time in Hollywood. Yeah, he wears yeah. that beautiful blue suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's delightful. Speaking of blue suits, let's bring it on back. Sorry, sorry. I wanted no, to get okay. that in. Yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to give you I a wanna, nice transition. I wanted a tangent. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I thought a lot of these films had absolutely wonderful costumes and there are films that kind of didn't get addressed that also just are beautiful you know every every movie should have a category that looks more closely at this because it's such a heavy part of production and everything that we see but period pieces tend to take the cake um i had a very lovely experience with 1917 today and i i really wanted to make a point of talking about it because while it's a bit minimal in costumes mm-hmm. the 
detail and closeness and uh, intimacy and function of the uniforms and how they use them and how they make sure they have information and you see yeah, them the actively working yeah. at their clothing. I was surprised how much I, leather they were wearing at the beginning of the film. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. was very surprised mm-hmm. by that. Well, you know, it, it was it was protective for them mm. at the time. Think about motorcycle uh, mm. uh, gear now. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's dangerous and high stakes and you just wear leather. Um, so of these five... What is the one that stands out to you? Now, you know what won. Yes. I don't know what won. But just tell me, from uh, a person who is involved in fabric making and in clothes production, tell me what you think about the actual work that went into bringing us what was on screen. As uh, as I walked into the Oscars, I was between Little Women, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't mm-hmm. think 1917 was up, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. No. Okay. But I, had, I hadn't looked at the sheet, so yeah. I, wanted, I wanted it to be. I had a good experience fair, fair. today. Um, but I uh, recognized that it was going to be Once Upon a Time or Hollywood or Little Women. Okay. Don't tell me which one. Okay. Okay. And t- tell me why you think it's going to be either of those two. The, why did you want it to be either of those two? Well, um, Little Women is a beautiful period piece, and there are a multitude of characters, and they had wonderful... Um, they, they they rode the line of anachronism perfectly. Uh yeah. There, there was nothing that seemed that was out of place, but it felt modern. Okay, uh, and it was really beautifully done. And there was kind of an essence of like, hey, this is the function of you know, this is realistic to what women mm. would maybe have around them. Yeah. Um, and once upon a time in Hollywood just had incredibly beautiful seventies clothing, Put and Brad I loved Pitt the costume. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or and then, just and then or let him just take, take it off. Shirt off. Yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna go with. Okay. You tell me what I'm wrong. I think Little Women had the best costume of the year. Because I think the the actual functionality of what those women had to wear versus what the characters were having to do, like Sorcerer Ronin having to run through New York, you know, like this fictional yeah. New York City, but in this sort of rigid suit, I think was really beautifully done. I'm going to go with Little Women. Am I right? Is that you, what you think won or what you think That's is what the I think best won. thing? That's what I think won. Am I right or wrong? You are correct. Yeah! Yes, that is right. One for one. The Dab Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. Uh, nice. Yes, 100%. That was a very, very good one. Okay, Matt. Nick, moving on to best editing. Oh, I, good. Film editing, which I think we, again, you and I have some unique insights for. Not that we've edited feature films before, but we do understand the process of editing a little bit, and we have a we have had an intimate relationship with that workflow. Yeah. The nominees for best editing are... Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Parasite. What do you think, in your opinion, before you tell me, reveal to me what uh, uh, who won, what do you think was the best editing of the year? See, that's a complicated question. Okay. Uh, I, uh, and the, the way that I sort of look at editing is either whether you notice it because they're doing a lot of cool like choices, yeah. or if you don't notice it at all. What's your criteria for good editing, then, in, with that in mind? Uh, it has to be invisible or or the point. Okay. Um, and and it's sort of it's one of the it, it it's never in, both. In any of these films, what was any of them? Uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit. I would say Jojo Rabbit's editing was noticeable, but but to a point of of punching punching in a direction that it wanted to. But th- <laughs> but most of them were fairly invisible. Okay. Uh, and and to be honest, uh, it's not what I w- the winner that the don't per- tell me. I'm not going to the the mm. thing that won is not what I would have wanted to win. But I but at the same time, by my own criteria. I did not notice the editing, and therefore I think it was very, very good. Okay. Uh, what do you, is, who do you think what, won? Uh, well, which is which is your your pick if uh, that you liked? You... Uh, if I was going for my criteria of noticeable, it's Jojo Rabbit. If not, Parasite. Okay. Yeah, I think for me. 
uh, this, you know, the question that you've just asked, which is that is it, is editing invisible versus noticeable? Um, it, it's a it's a really nebulous question when it comes to film editing because the uh, the the really difficult part is like is a film really well edited because an editor came in and did a lot of work, or is it well edited because it was well constructed from the top down? You know, like was there a clear understanding from the script and the directing so that it just kind of came together really sure. perfectly? And it's really difficult to kind of figure that out. Uh, for me. I kind of lean. I, I want to lean more towards that sort of top-down approach. So, Parasite for me is the best edited film of the year, according to this. I have a sneaking suspicion, um, and I'm going to say Parasite, but I have a sneaking suspicion Ford v Ferrari might have taken it because it was the most noticeable editing. You mean unnoticeable? No, noticeable? no, Ford v Ferrari had a lot of like it was. It was a well cut film. Uh, Ford v Ferrari did take it. Ah. Uh, Andrew Buckland and uh, Michael McCuskey. Hard, hard to disagree with that decision. It's the most like visually arresting editing. I, I personally think Parasite is a is a finer example of editing, but it's a, it's a different uh, different equation. Like 1917 won an editing award. Uh, I think at the BAFTAs or something like that, or somewhere somewhere it won an editing award. And it's like, well, didn't they just join two shots together? Fades. Um, but, too black. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll buy Ford B. Ferrari. Okay, yeah. I am one for two at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what movie I didn't think had good editing? Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was Marriage Story. Ooh, no. Made, See, now, Marishore is a unique example. It's weird. They made a lot of odd decisions, and I felt like they made some stylized points, but 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 there was just some awkwardness in how they transitioned sometimes. So the scene that I think would be the most noticeable in Marishore, and I think this is, I, I think Noah Baumbach has done this through his entire, his entire career. He's very influenced by the French New Wave. But the scene that I'm, thinking, uh, that I'm oh, referring French to is uh, the scene where the two of them are pushing the gate closed together, and it does this, like, Three time jump cut between the two of them, and it's very pointed. I liked very, that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really that's but that a, was one of the only parts of that film I think that was. I mean, <laughs> literally, there are sometimes where one of the characters is like, Well, I'm leaving, goodbye, and then the scene fades to like a navy color. Yeah, and it just I thought that was odd. It's, Is that a French thing? Is that I, what the I, French are doing? The way I would describe Baumbach as a as a filmmaker and a film editor is he's both simultaneously. Uh, loose and free and baroque at the same time, which is that he will make things very pointed. If you want, I, I just watched the Meyerowitz stories, and the Meyerowitz stories has this like bizarre editing choice towards the end where they like jump cut four times into someone's mouth as <laughs> as, as he's oh, saying no. a line, and it's like it's just this kind of thing that he does, which is that like he's happy to like let you know that he's there editing, and at the same time, sometimes he's just kind of like, happy to be invisible. I think he's very good. But but I it's it's noticeable. I, I want to say I liked Marriage Story quite mm. a bit. I just I just felt that I know that there were some seams. Well, we'll be talking about we'll be talking about so uh, it's something. Sorry, we're we're, we're we're breaking all the formats here. But yeah. what we're basically doing this episode, which we should have done at the beginning, an apology. We just got so excited about the Oscars. We're gonna do this little bit, just telling Shahir who, who who won the Oscars, see if he can get it right. Then we're actually going to go and talk a little bit about the show itself. We're gonna have some other uh, interstitials cut in from some wonderful friends, and then uh, we're going to go through our top 10 of the year. Yeah, so our best of will be coming at yes. the end of this episode. All right, moving on to uh the, I think the the you know the the one of the b- big technical awards but the best cinematography award. Um the nominees for best cinematography are The Irishman Rodrigo Prieto, uh Joker Lawrence Shear, The Lighthouse uh Jaron Bla- Blaschke, 1917 by Roger Deakins and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Ro- uh, Robert Richardson. Um, well, this could go around the floor because this is a aesthetic thing. Uh, what what were your you know like if you had to pick between those, who would you have voted for? I mean, I don't think it's even a choice. I think I think there is one standout of this entire uh, d- group of folks 
that is uh, Roger Deakins. Okay. No, no question. I just can't. I I can't even with with what 1917 did. There, I just can't. Like everything else was great. There's a reason why it's all nominated, but that's just the the standout. Yeah. Okay. It like holds you by the collar of your shirt the whole time you're watching it. Which would you have picked, Jamie? I would have picked 1917. I would not have picked 1917. I would have picked either. Um, I'm going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My man, Robert Richardson, who is a fantastic DP, who shot, a, you know, I think one of my favorites is JFK and Casino. Yeah. Uh, I think he did a bang up, uh, incredible. The thing about 1917 for me is the engineering, the feat of engineering is on display for that film. And that's what kind of drags me out of that movie a little bit. Whereas you I feel think like it, it's a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's gimmick just that it's word. the thing. Okay. And, and Rod, the thing is, I think Roger Deakins has shot better looking movies. And so I think that's a very. It's a wonderful technical achievement, but it's not my favorite Robert, Roger Deakins film. That's it. I think he probably won it. He did indeed. That Although he did uh, have a nice uh, handshake sort of uh, hug moment with uh, with Robert Richardson as he was going up, because I think they're pretty good friends. Robert Richardson is one of the great DPs that uh, has won an Academy Award before, I believe. Uh, but Deakins, you know, like he won for uh, Blade Runner 2049. He was the most nominated person to have never won an Oscar yeah. before. So I think the floodgates have opened for yes. Deakins. And he called out and thanked his focus puller, and I thought that was very nice. For that film? Yeah, that, yeah, the yeah, focus yeah, yeah. puller should have got the award. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot take. <laughs> What's a focus puller? Uh, they are the person that makes sure that as your camera is moving through a scene based on your lenses, that the shot is still in focus. That's not an auto thing. That's an important job. It's a very important job. You really can't mess that up in a film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially that film. Sometimes I feel like Jason Bateman in the Dodgeball movie where when I'm on the podcast. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it works just, out for I'm him. I'm just confused and maybe on <laughs> drugs and you guys are really smart and I'm, I'm no. here. No, I mean, <laughs> actually, to, to be fair, Polygon has an article right now specifically about the focus pulling job that was done on Uncut Gems and a piece of technology that oh, they used really? for that particular film, which is that focus pull is typically... Uh, eyeball it and measure it. If yes. you've ever been on set, they'll, they'll kind of measure marks. But there is this uh, piece of equipment that has come out, and I actually don't know what the name is, but it's in Polygon, um, that allows them to measure the depth of the room uh, electronically. With like an with, IR sensor? Yeah, wow. with an IR sensor. And it can it can adapt focus for you, so it can help get things really sharp. And in, and in Uncut Gems, one of the things is the Safety brothers like to shoot with really long lens, so they can mm. be far away. So focus pulling for that kind of film is very, very difficult, and this piece of technology helped them. So... Moving on. Interesting. Okay, now I put down here, let's do best screenplay. And unfortunately, the thing I forgot is that this is often broken into two parts, adapted and original. So let's go through them. Let's go through them. Let's do uh, adapted first, because I think this is where my... Uh my brethren may have uh, picked up an award here, uh, going by the uh, <laughs> by the ticks that I was receiving. So for best adapted screenplay, we have Steven Zalian for The Irishman, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver for Joker, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, and Anthony McCartan, also a New Zealander, for The Two Popes. Uh, I uh, I'll just say my my piece first. I would have picked Greta Gerwig for Little Women. On yeah, this one. same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, same. Yeah. I think uh, it's I think it's a real technical achievement that she did that was kind of beautifully mastered and it was, you know, really, really uh, a kind of triumph of of how to tell a story. She took a masterwork, she then turned it into her own version of that masterwork without taking away any of the masterful work from the original, and it is distinctly hers. And that is the definition of adapted screenplay. Don't 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 discount Taika Waititi what he did with that novel. That novel is a very serious novel that he yes. adapted oh, no. into into a comedy with a uh, uh, with his with himself in it, and I, I think that's a it's a masterful piece of work. I just you know I really responded to Little Women. Well, Too bad though she here it was Billie Eilish. 
Billie Eilish? Oh, I'm sorry. My joke didn't land. What was that? Uh, the bad guy? But no, Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, the singer. She, yeah. yeah, that's the song. Everyone yeah. just talked about her all night. We can cut this. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> nope, we're leaving Sorry, it sorry everybody. Okay, who, who, tell me who won Best Adapted Screenplay? Well, it's after you bring up uh, Mr. Watiti because he, in fact, did win. It is going to be a public holiday in New Zealand tomorrow. I'm calling it now. <laughs> yep. And this will be a national day of remembrance Yay. from this point forward. Despite the fact Andrew McCartan has won, uh, I believe he's won a Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar before. He's a New Zealander, also from Wellington. So two Wellingtonians yeah. in the mix there, which I think is kind of incredible. Okay, Best Original Screenplay. Uh, we had Knives Out by Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach, 1917 by Sam Mendes, and Kirsty Wilson Cairns, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, Parasite by Bong Joon-ho and Han, Jan, uh, Han Jin-won. Um, I would have given this, personally, this mm-hmm. is me, Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach. How about you guys? Jamie? I, you know, I'm not sure. And I struggle a little bit with a few of these answers because I felt that there are so many films that were so beautiful and so different mm-hmm. maybe beautiful is not the right word but so mm-hmm. wa- so excellent and so different that I, I i really can't pick this one i okay i've thought about this all right matt i honestly it's funny this is this is a weird disconnect for me what do i think is the best one parasite yep what do i kind of want because i loved watching the film knives out okay like there was not not that i didn't love watching parasite i have an intense love for parasite but the but like for whatever reason because because knives out is a is a I'll, I'll use air quotes, classic murder mystery done in a very ref- refreshing thing and in an original take on something. And I know, again, Parasite is very original. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know. No, no, no. There, I think I th- There's I something think you're... about the writing of Knives Out that took a, 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 a stale thing and made it not stale. I think that's a fair interpretation because the question here is like the, the, the choosing of one over the other is entirely arbitrary, right? Like yeah. for one person's trash is another person's, uh, person's gold. And, and I think in this case, it's what you respond to. Like I, I think Parasite is a pretty much a perfect movie in yeah. almost every respect. It's pretty damn but, close. But I, re- I really responded to the writing in Marriage Story. So it's arbitrary. Uh, Not for the Academy, she here. Okay, who won? Uh, uh, Han Jin Won and Bong Joon Ho. Parasite. Yep, Parasite. Yep. Hey, there you go. Yep, 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 uh, yep. Pretty much perfect movie. All right, moving on. Uh, okay, I think we're down to the big three. Do now. you know these? I have a sneaking. No, actually, I don't. Okay. No, I actually no, I don't. Uh, these were not the names that were uh, uh, on the billboard that I saw. Okay. Okay. So let's go with. Uh, let's go actor. Actor first. So best actor uh, is Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't realize he was nominated. Uh, silly me. Uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. He's one of them. Um, he's one of the popes. <laughs> he's one of the popes. Anthony Hopkins is the other. I'm going to go with just, okay, this is the cynical side of me. Sure. But I also think this is a very good performance. Joaquin Phoenix and The Joker. I'm cynical because I believe that that is what the the awards machine has kind of been building us towards. Interestingly, what it has wrought. Um, interestingly, um, one of the things that I've been thinking a little bit about is the idea that uh, about awards campaigning. And when I saw uh, Joaquin win the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. I thought, ooh. This guy is campaigning for the Oscar. He gave. He got up and he did that speech where he thanked every other nominee. They didn't choose it, it by then. Uh, for the Golden Globes. No, no. For Golden Globes happened, but they. I don't. They lock the Oscars before the Globes happen. 
well, the nomina- nominations, yes, but not but not the winner. I and thought I, they locked the no, winner. No, no, no. The winners, I, I think they choose in the last week. Uh, so oh. the Golden Globes happened. He gave a very good campaign speech. Sure. Then he did the BAFTAs the following week, in which he gave a very politically motivated speech. And my and my brain is a PR per, you know, like putting on a PR hat for a, per, uh, for a moment there was going, this is an interesting turn here. And I'm not sure whether that, the first speech really got me going, he's going to, he's locked that Oscar in. Yeah. The second one has got me going, He's really like he's going to divide the room right now, and you know, I not that I disagree with anything he's saying, but but you have to remember that the Oscars are kind of a political entity, and they do choose things. You know, well, mm-hmm. the members choose things based upon their political whims. So I was like, oh, he's really like splitting the, splitting yeah. the difference here. I think the machinations of the entire Oscar award ceremony, uh, you know, the the Oscars season has been building towards this award, much like uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant. You know, like it was a you, you saw the train had lift the station at this sure. point. That's what I'm going to pick. What about you two? I would have gone with Adam Driver. Okay. Yeah. A great performance. A extraordinary mm. performance. Yeah. Extraordinary. I mean, I would have liked uh, Adam Driver, yep. um, uh, but I was always going to be uh, Joaquin. As I, and I have to admit, I have not seen Pen and, uh, Pen I and Glory not. yet. And and I, hear... I love Antonio Banderas so much. Oh, my God. Life Itself is a movie that everybody seems to hate. Antonio Banderas is the reason to see that movie. Okay, who won? Joaquin Phoenix. Cynical, but I think uh, 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 not a very good performance. A very good performance. Uh, You know, however you feel about Joker, uh, he he nailed what he was set out to do. Yeah. And uh, his speech this time was was just... uh, What was his speech? I didn't... uh, It was just as, if not more, political than the the BAFTA Awards. Okay. It was Um, pretty moving. It was very much about sort of veganism also and... um, uh, d- d- environmentalism. Um, it, it was it was quite quite poignant, uh, but also it, very gracious and and very empowered. He covered a lot of, <laughs> a he, lot he, of he covered he covered the yes. almost the entirety of human um, uh, fault. And he would have gotten the most time to speak, right? And, like yeah, he everyone, covered, he covered the entirety of human fault. Yeah, <laughs> for everything from um, racism to sexism to homophobia Veganism, yeah. to <laughs> literally lines out of his mouth were uh, we take uh, we 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 artificially inseminate a calf and then take away the child so that we can drink the milk in our cereal. Like there's like. There, like he went in. He went in, uh, and uh, it was a good, it was a damn good speech. It's almost as if he uh, won best actor. Okay, so uh, it, it it was great. Uh, it was a, it was funny. a really th- good I, moment. I, I think as well, effectively, he is uh, taking the platform that that movie kind of uh, bestowed upon us, and is trying, you know, is using it for um, things he believes. And so, you know, there more was, more proud to him. Yeah, there was something a bit humbled about him too. I know that Joaquin Phoenix has had kind of a troubled past. He, he quoted his he quoted his brother's uh, uh, song lyric at the from, end. Yeah. Okay. From when he was seventeen, and he, he's like, he's uh, like, we're all flawed. He's like, I've messed up a ton. Like he, he went, he, it was a good, it was a good acceptance, moving speech, speech. And, okay. and so sad that uh, right afterward, uh, the next winner had to go up for best actress oh, and try to, to uh, and try to follow. Now this, I have to admit, the lead actress is the uh, is the one that I've looked at and being like, this is the the most sort of classical kind of Oscar sit that I've seen here. Uh, it's it's Renee Zellweger for Judy, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Sorcerer Ronan for Little Women, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, and Cynthia Revio for Harriet. Now, I haven't seen Harriet. Uh, I love Cynthia Revio. Yeah. I think uh, her in Widows is phenomenal. incredible. Um, the uh, it, it definitely feels like uh, a classic... 
I don't know. There's something about this list that kind of rings as like classic Oscar play. You know, like one minority person for for uh, you know pretty well seasoned Oscar nominees in in this in this uh, list as well. So uh, I'm I am cynical about this. Uh, I would have given this to cynically. Haven't seen. I've only seen two of the films on this list, um, and I know again the machinations of the award system seem to be moving towards Renee Zellweger uh, for Judy. Uh, how about you two? Uh, Jamie. This is another one that I really struggled with because I think I've seen so many of these wonderful performances and they're all good for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I also predicted that it would be Renee Zellweger. Uh, a, I hear that it's a mm-hmm. tremendous performance. I yeah. haven't gotten to see it yet. Um, but also... It's a Hollywood movie, and uh, yep. Judy Garland is a, a legend of this industry, and I think that there's a lot of homage and 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 uh, uh, clout to her legacy. I think Annie Annie Gillis, who uh, wrote us in from Toronto International Film Festival, yep. told us uh, predicted this. But uh, we, well, where did you? Uh, where did I, you I was going to say uh, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. That's yeah. I think that's a good pick. Uh, uh, very young, twenty four years old. But right? it was not. It was Renee. It was oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I was bidding man, I would have made some money at this point. I would not have made money on my next pick, which is the best picture uh, nominee. Before I get to that, I want to ask one question. Did Brad Pitt have good jokes? Did Brad Pitt have good I jokes? I know he won. He Brad won. Pitt is thrilled with because there's there an article re- supporting yeah uh, there was an article going around for the last week about the fact that he had great kind of one-liners for every award that he's won this year you know like he the line about uh quentin tarantino has separated more women from their shoes than the tsa yeah you know yeah, well I, he did it here's the funny thing this is the weirdest thing because he was around the first or the second award i don't even remember but it was early in the night yeah and um I, only, I, I i haven't seen the speech i just know that he won from the yeah, yeah 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 but this is what i'm saying I remember thinking at the time, huh, Brad Pitt's being funny. But it just seems happy. But I can't tell you a joke that he told. Like mm. nothing stuck in my brain. He did say, Leo, I'll ride your coattails anywhere. Oh yeah. He's like, it's a great view from down here down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, there, there was an article. It wasn't about... one liners, but he's funny. He's jovial. Well, he's so likable right now. What what people were writing about was the fact that they they and one PR firm did kind of a, uh, agree that that they had been reached by his by his people to write him jokes for the award season. So uh, and, and I felt like you know a lot of these lines were written jokes yeah. that you know were great. And he's he's a good he's a good delivery man. One thing you can't say you know Brad Pitt is good in comedy. Yeah. Um, so I was curious about that. I, I guess I'll go back and watch that. All right, best picture. Let's wrap this out. Um, I we had a little bet. We you did, were a betting man. And I, and here's the thing. Last week I had this. I said Parasite is what I think will win, and Parasite is what I want to win. And you changed it. And this I changed morning. it this morning. And you know why I changed it this morning? Why? For the same reason that uh, uh, Renee Zellweger and jo- Joaquin Phoenix. I was like, the machinations of the award system seem to be moving towards 1917. And if I was a bidding man, now every year that we've done the Oscars, I've always said I don't want to be cynical about the Oscars. I want to pick the movie that I think will win. And it's hard that, to do. That I think I want to win. And and to be fair. Moonlight won. I wanted it to win. Uh, Green Book won, and I did not want that movie to win. Right, we've had so, a, so uh, I, I, pendulum I, years. I, I, I hedged my bits this morning, and this, and this morning I texted you and I said, I want to make this clear now. 
Yep. I'm, I'm picking 1917, yep. but I want Parasite to win. You wanted Parasite? I wanted Parasite to win. I thought Once Upon a Time would. I was going with the whole Hollywood, 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 Hollywood thing. Uh, but I would, you know, we were. Well, Jamie, where, where would you have landed uh, before you knew what had happened? After seeing all of these movies uh, in rapid fire, I wanted 1917 to win. Wow. I love war movies, you guys. Wow. I'm really coming to terms with it. A good war movie, man. Man. <laughs> man, Saving Private Ryan would have been a perfect date movie for you two. No. Would it? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Matt also didn't love Dunkirk, and I loved yeah. Dunkirk. Yep. Have you seen The Thin Red Line? Can we talk about The Thin Red Line? Yeah. Oh, wait, have better. I? I don't think I have. Let oh, what yeah. is that? that Terrence Malick that. film, amazing. Okay, regardless, I know what won. CNN messaged me an instant alert the second that it won. CNN, CNN, CNN knows it's audience. Uh, I yeah. walked outside my door and saw that it won. I am so happy. Oh, yeah, me too. I am so excited. Parasite. I'm so thrilled. And, the and first international language film to have ever won Best Picture. Yep. Uh, the first South Korean film to have ever been nominated for Best Picture, despite uh, many years of tremendous filmmaking. Bong Joon-ho, this man I've been talking about on this podcast for years at this point, is now at the at the top of the mountain. You're not alone in your support. The bar erupted oh, yeah. when and they won. So this is why... Um, I should have, uh, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, the uh, like this year, the 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 writing was on the wall because everybody, I, I I didn't run into a single person. It was either the two types of people. It's either oh I haven't seen Parasite or oh you have to see Parasite. Right. And that for a for a for a subtitled film in the United States of America, uh, that's a rarity. And that that sort of groundswell. Yeah, consistently should have been a dead giveaway, um, and I should have gone with what I wanted in my in my. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have been. I should have been less cynical. But you know, like the impeachment trial is just over, and we've learned our lessons. We've, uh, you know, like. Uh, yeah, you know, we I, we we, we hedge that bit. Uh, Bong Joon Ho, uh, every speech got better and better. You should definitely check him out tomorrow. You hear oh. he is such a fucking delight. So uh, I've been planning to host a screening at my place because I have a window when I will have the apartment to myself, and I want to host a screening. And I've been tossing up, and I think I'm I think I'm leaning towards Memories of Murder because now people have seen Parasite. <laughs> now they're in it. Yeah, and uh, and I and I can take him back and go. This is where it began. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, some people at the uh, at the party we were at. Was like, oh, is this his first film? And I was like, no. Remember, remember Sweet my child. Remember my story about uh, about uh, how last year we were at an award ceremony and they had nominated him for best new filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. And we were uh, like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm so excited yeah. for this uh, for for him for his film for for people to see his work on the grand scale. And you know, like to your point, I think um, uh, there's a couple things I want to note about the Oscars. People do kind of um, equate the idea that the best picture winner is is objectively the best picture of the year, and we can kind of equal, uh, qualitatively it's, it's say in the name. Uh, well, we can qualitatively say that is not the case with Green Book, is it? No, no but it still won the thing, and therefore it, it wins is the for award. The but it yeah. does, but but. Then the other thing we have to qualify is that the, the Academy is made up of 9,000 voting members. Uh, most of them are people who have won awards themselves, uh, and that is the that is the entry level to being um, in the Academy. And there was, a, a, a I think, Variety or Hollywood Reporter did an interesting uh, roundup where they had anonymous voters um, write in and tell them what their choices were. Sure. And it was really fascinating to read what these people were saying. And, like, one person um, wrote about the fact that they did not want uh, – they, they 
they thought Parasite was boring, and they did not want a foreign film to win Best Picture. You know, they thought the, uh, the, an American movie should win Best Picture, and that was that was their rationale for for the way they picked. Mm-hmm. The second thing is. The Oscars work on a preferential ballot system, which means that uh, you you pick your preferential choices, and then when a film looks like it hasn't isn't going to make uh, a certain threshold, then your your votes go towards the next film on that list. Right. Which is how a film like Green Book, which may have been everyone's number three film, yeah, yeah. suddenly rolls up into into number one because you know the other two might have been too de- uh, divisive. Mm-hmm. So. All of this is to say the Oscars don't necessarily mean best picture, and it's just a good barometer of where the country is thinking. And I think it's not always, you know, qualitatively, uh, an argument can be made against every film and can be made for every film. What I will say for this year, anyone who'd seen Parasite generally, objectively kind of said, that was a pretty great fucking movie. Like, sure. everyone who saw 1917, you know, fell into two camps. Everyone who saw Joker fell into two camps. Everyone who saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fell into two camps. You know, like, people were kind of split on a lot of these movies. I very rarely, I, I didn't meet anyone, you know, apart from this Hollywood reporter person, uh, you know, like Voto, who'd, nom- who'd written in, who had seen Parasite and was mixed on the movie. Yeah, there's actually, uh, you know, it's funny that we're, we're going through this right now. Uh, uh, marriage Story. People either loved it or it was just two people yelling at each other. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit was either hilarious or offensive. Little Women, you were, uh, it was either amazing or you're sexist. Yeah. Um, Irishman, uh, you too either, long. too long or the best thing you'd ever Robert seen. Robert De Niro never didn't look old. Yeah. He always looked old for the whole movie. I could, I could be 30, I could be 70. They all looked so old. Um, uh, once Upon a Time in Hollywood people liked or but it was also too long or didn't people didn't understand what the hell was going on Joker yeah we've talked about that Ford v Ferrari are you a dad or are you not a dad um <laughs> 1917 it either clicked for you or it didn't but Parasite, Parasite was pretty consistent the whole way through the other thing I will say is that people don't uh, aren't aware well maybe aware of is that there is that campaigning is a big business in Hollywood for the Oscars and and uh, and uh Vox's today explained uh, uh uh, podcast did an episode about this, and they talked about the fact that opposition research mm-hmm. is a big deal yeah. when it comes to movies. And one thing that I saw trending this week as we were leading up to the Oscars was a lot of negative press about Jojo Rabbit, a lot of discussion about Jojo Rabbit being entirely tone deaf and misguided. And I was, and as I was reading it, and I was as I was seeing it sort of take hold on uh, on Twitter, it very much struck me as opposition research against that movie. Sure. Uh, which, which, to me, in my mind, was a fairly inoffensive movie. Yeah. Um, but but for some reason, it had kind of... it it You saw it spiral out, and you could see that it was probably started somewhere as a piece of... You know, po- potentially. But opposition research and, and uh, campaigning is a big thing in the Oscars. So, I've, look... I've heard and seen that as well. Yeah. So, um, for, for what it's worth... Good year. I, 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 it was funny. We were walking back from this party, and uh, I, I was saying to Jamie, I was like, I'm not angry at any winner. <laughs> like, not, not like, like everything feels correct this year. Yeah. Um, granted, there are, if, if there was a, another person that won in certain categories, I would also feel good. But like, oftentimes you get green books, so you get like yeah. crash or whatever. <laughs> like, th- that you just sort of like, what? You, oh, no, I'm sorry. You get Bohemian Rhapsody for fucking editing. Yeah. Like, there, there's normally like a, 
sort of thing. Not this year. So I, I will now, Jamie, I know we've been eyeing this and it's one o'clock in the morning, but I will pop the 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 champagne for Parasite because Whoa. Oh. Hey-o. Hey-o. Hey. Oscar's over for another year, award season over for another year, which means we're back into superhero surgery. Is that right? Uh maybe. <laughs> yeah, Matt hasn't mentioned Endgame in 30 minutes. Whoa. Oh, give did, it. Did, time. did Endgame win Beast be a fix? No. It didn't. No, well, Irishman? Yeah, I thought it was gonna win what something. A crock who, 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 no, um uh oh, I'm trying to remember. 19 Parasite also won Best International Film. Yeah, it did. Wow, wow. I would have given that to Pedro Almodovar just to kind of split, spread the votes for Pen Glory. But how happened? I said, oh well, it won't win the Oscar. And I said, no, it has to now. Like there's, or no, I'm saying what I said was, if it didn't win Best International, then it couldn't win Best Picture. Like there's a logical fallacy in that entire design. Oh wow. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. That uh, parasite really did sweep. He got up there four times. Yeah, yeah, which Good. was fucking great. Fir- I think the first time he went up, I think he must have thought it was one of his only times because he was like, "Cool, I can start." He's drinking like, "I'm gonna now. start drinking," and then he leaves, and then he does another speech after another thing. He's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm really, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drink now," and he like did it three times, and it was very, very. Yeah. My favorite thing this year is is uh, listening to Sang Kang Ho talk about um, Bong Joon Ho, and he talks about how the fact that when they met on Memories of Murder, Sang Kang Ho. Uh, Bong Joon-ho was like the skinny, weedy guy. And he says he's progr- the, he said the only difference between him now is that he's gotten fatter. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bong Joon-ho talks about the fact that, and, and like, because this is my spirit animal here. Sure. Because he talks about the fact that he's always anxious when he's making a movie. And the only thing that calms him down is candy at the monitor. Yeah. So he's just like sitting there eating candy all uh, the whole time. Uh, and I was like, I love you. So just on that note, I actually went and saw a film today for for the next podcast that we're doing. I went and saw Birds of Prey. Yeah. And I was like, if I'm going to have candy. We were in a movie theater. In the same movie theater, but we didn't see each other. Oh, you saw different movies. movies What did you see again? 1970. 1970 and Birds of Prey. We had a 10 minute overlap and never saw each other. (laughs) Uh, But I will say, I was like, if I'm going to have candy for my eyes, I'm going to have candy for my body. And I had so many sweet tart type Mm. things. And it was, you know, we'll get to it next week. But I just, it was thematically correct. Okay. Um, So something. Uh, we, we it's become a bit of a tradition. Is uh, I throw a holiday party. Yep. Uh, and then I drag my drunk friends into um, into uh, oh we're cheersing yeah, we're cheersing oh, parasite yeah you hear anything I didn't want to leave them hanging yeah um, so we drag my drunk friends into this recording studio and I ask them what films moved them over the course of the year and we have small little cutdowns of of different groups of people. Uh, the first up uh, we have my friends Pat, Isabel, and Matt. Uh, and they're going to talk about what films moved them in 2019. All right, all right, let's hear it. Okay, I'm here with Pat, Isabel, and Matt. Thank you so much for not only gracing uh, my party with your presence, but also coming here and talking about your favorite movies of 2019. Uh, Pat, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite movie, or at least something that connected with you this glorious year of cinema? Easy. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Nice! Yes! High five right here. I am currently even wearing a knitted sweater that is a Tony Stark type thing with an infinity glove on the right hand. Um, I'm not trying to get brownie points. No, 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 but you you earned them. You earned them correctly. Why was Avengers Endgame your your favorite movie? I mean, it's because it's the culmination of a decade of Marvel movies. Yeah! Now getting to see every single Avengers character on screen at the same time, that giant battle at the end... That was that was that was a highlight. Fair, of... Isabel. I, I'm just gonna go recent. My favorite movie that we saw recently was Last Christmas. 
it was the best form of hot trash oh, okay. that you may ever see. Okay. I I really immersed myself in this film. I, I use the term somewhat lightly. It was released um, in theaters. <laughs> in the most dramatic moment at the end of the movie when the big plot twist surfaces, uh-huh. which is a magical plot twist. Love it. The entire movie theater burst out laughing and it was the best experience I could possibly have had in a movie theater. The only thing I can equate it to is the moment when Captain America says Avengers Assemble in, in, in Avengers Endgame and then everyone lost their minds. It feels like that the last Christmas crowd oh, yeah. might have had a similar catharsis oh, yeah. with one another. I like it. Alright, Matt, hit Death me. Alright, for me the biggest one this year was uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Hell yeah. So actually probably my favorite movie. <laughs> so amazing. You can't take it back. And, like, <laughs> Matt's talking. Like something that I feel like uh, is a great movie and could be a contender for Academy Awards possibly. Um, just so well done and uplifting despite the you know the the, the subject matter. Um, dark. Which is extremely dark. Yeah. Um yeah, it was just a, a huge surprise, and I I enjoyed every minute of it. So yeah, a bit of a gambit. Wow! Uh, in game to last Christmas, the JoJo Rabbit. Yeah, only one of which is Academy Award winning. So did In Game not win anything? In Game didn't win a fucking thing. So I thought uh, it was, was only nominated win for one. Some sort of technical. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, are there are there the the non awards? Oh, they... there's the, there's the Science and Technology Awards. I don't know if it won anything there. Yeah. I know they were campaigning actively. Um, for the VFX award, so who won? What won best? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen won yeah. best VFX. Like, yeah, okay. Um, I guess there's a distinction. They might, you know, like in VFX, they might now need to be a distinction between practical visual effects. I think that's and, a thing. and digital VFX might need to become a, a, a category. And even say what you want to say about the rise of Skywalker. I know I have the VFX in that were a hundred percent top notch. Like I between that and Endgame, but but again, I go back to I think what was the year that um it was Titanic versus Starship Troopers. Back in the back in the day, and Titanic obviously won. Did Titanic and Starship Troopers come out in the same year? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. much about my childhood yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think I oh read. My God, I read somewhere, and I can't attribute this quote to anyone, well, anyone or anything. That someone qu- called this year the year that um, non-franchise films bit back. Maybe, With, yeah, and, yeah, and 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 uh, and I think the fact that Endgame came out so early. And then kind of just dissolved well, into you know the ether. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I liked it a lot. But, it, you know, like, I think what happened is the the unraveling of the conversation around Martin Scorsese, uh, around everything that followed that, you know, kind of did suggest that maybe this is the future of, of how Hollywood plays this thing out, which is that... Well, the early part of the year is for these kinds of movies, and then the back half of the year for these kinds of movies. Endgame's not unwise to that plan, too. I mean, Endgame came out for premium box office sales, not Oscar bait. Endgame's not gunning for Oscars. Well, well it, it, there was a there was bit a of campaign. a groundswell. Yeah. There was a campaign for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because, well, because but, uh, as but a no combination one thing. Oh, yeah. No mean, one bought it, including him. Yeah, I, and said, I he, love Robert Downey Jr. He was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. <laughs> but but this is the thing. I think the you know it's funny that the, they're biting back, so to speak, the the non-franchise films. I think the reason, one of the reasons that they can do it, weirdly, is the fact that Endgame, even though it's not the end, it's the end. Like they like the the one the one shared universe, cinematic shared universe that has been successful throughout its iterations, has literally completed its story arc. 
Not not say that Marvel's not going to continue. Of course it will. But now we're in untested waters. Like we've done the entire thing. Many of the diehards are going to be gone. Uh, like and so. I, and I, I mean, I think one of the things that that's smart about Marvel. I, I don't know if it's intentional. Not, but there's been a gap in Marvel's output. You know, like one of the things we sort of talked about last year was there, there was four films that came out, you know, in in the space of a year, and it was difficult to keep up with what was what. You know, there would be a new movie while another one was still playing in the theater. Um, and so there's there, like Black Widow is coming out shortly. Yep, yep. So there's there is a little bit of a gap going on here, and I think and I think that is a That's smart my champagne glass. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Oops, and I think that is a smart play. So uh, maybe that'll be an interesting tie into the beginning of our uh, of our top ten list. Is the uh, is the absence of, or perhaps the inclusion of, uh, the big tentpole films at the at the beginning of the year? I'm yeah. very curious uh, how this plays because typically Matt and I's list, Matt and my list, tends to either. Be fairly close or diverge or dramatically. Totally dramatically. So we're gonna see, but we're gonna actually get into first. And I, I'm actually uh, so so Jamie, you you've you've obviously know these rules. I, I will now uh, portray them out to the rest of the podcasting world. Um, what we are now going to do is Shahir and I's top ten. And with that, it's going to be the top 10 films that we have reviewed on this show. So Only. any film we are talking about, with the exception of this category that we're going to have at the very beginning, you can go back and listen to them at OnlyMoviePodcast.com or on SoundCloud or on iTunes or any of that jazz. Uh, and so we have reviews of all of these films. With the exception of um, our first section, yeah, the first section just just briefly things that we either you know uh, honorable mentions that we did see that didn't make our top ten, or things that we saw that we didn't discuss. Well, yeah, because uh, uh, spoiler alert, we see a lot of movies, and I was in every year we do this, I have a hard time thinking of films that we didn't do it's, that it, I saw. It was very tough for me. I actually started going through my Netflix account and starting to like go through what I had watched. Yeah. Uh, to remember, but there were a couple that I didn't remember. You might hear a certain person at that party who has a very strange voice talking about the films that they saw this year that they, that really made an impression. I mean, on that's it. not nice to hear. You really shouldn't uh, comment on people's the sound of their voice. I mean, it's a very no. This person has an ugly voice. Oh, this okay. person has a well, terrible, I mean, terrible voice. All right. Very handsome man. So, uh, very, do, very handsome do you man. do you want to start? Shahir has such a crush on this guy. Yeah, yeah he I, does. I, I do. And I think he's got a crush on me. I, well, we haven't gotten to the clip. <laughs> okay. Uh, honorable mention. So these are the films that we did see and did review that I liked that I couldn't quite make into my top ten list. <laughs> okay. El Camino. Really liked that movie. Really, really dug that movie. A movie that you and I fought about because of the word unnecessary. A yep. film that I felt was unnecessary. But, but you liked it. But really, really loved it. Uh, Doctor Sleep, a movie I really, again, a movie I really, all, all, all four of these, yep. love these movies. Yep, but we did um, Doctor Sleep. We did Doctor Sleep, yeah, yep. and we did El Camino, we did El Camino well. yeah. These are movies that we did yep, do. Or, yep, but these are not going to make your list. But I got didn't you. make my list. Knives Out, didn't make my list. Wow. I really wanted it to be there, but when I thought about, I, I guess, you know, in a way, the Oscar, one of the things that the Oscars are about in Best Picture has kind of signified to me that I thought about a lot this year is that the, the film should leave you thinking about them as after you've left them. Yeah. And and should give you something to chew on. I think Knives Out is, you know, a gosh darn near perfect movie. I enjoyed watching it. And it, I, I, I wished I could make it on my list. Didn't quite make it. It's a wonderful one and done. Jamie, I'm yeah. very excited for you to see yeah, Kni it's a, Knives Out. I, this, I'm a little amazed that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Another we'll, we'll fix that. Last one that I loved that didn't make my list, and I'm, I'm I was really caught up about this one. This was on my. Well, list. you make well, your list. Uh, I I I wanted this to be on my list. It's probably the other guy who did it. Uh, 
The Farewell didn't make my list. Wow. The Farewell wow. Heartless didn't, monster that I other know, guy is. I really, again, I love these four films very deeply. But when it comes to making the arbitrary choice of 10, these four didn't quite make it. Okay. Matt, how about you? Uh, Movies well, we saw that uh, didn't make your list. Uh, well, the ones that we reviewed that uh, actually didn't end up making my list, uh, which is uh, some of them are a, a dang shame, but I blame I blame me. Um, uh, Midsommar. Yep, did not yep. make my list. Yep, um, but I had a, such an interesting time with that. I'm very. I want to see the director's cut. I have not. Yep. Um, Uncut Gems did not Ooh. make my list. Ooh, wow. Um, it was phenomenal, <laughs> but I. But but kind of exactly what you described with <laughs> Knives Out. You hear, I when I was in the theater, I was so in that fucking movie. And then after we did the podcast, it didn't stick with me as long as I thought it would. The echo really left yep. uh, quite quickly. Um, uh, Shazam. Okay. Which because and and we, that's weird because but I think I think Shazam is a is a much more important movie in its genre than um than currently is being discussed right okay. now. I think there's a lot of different reasons you can go back and listen to the episode for that. Uh, and then uh, Little Women actually did <gasps> not make my top ten. I'm leaving goodbye. I know. No. 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 And and, it's, and I'll I'm go through. I'm clutching. Yeah. I'm clutching. Um. Yeah. To I, be it, fair, I lift off farewell. So we're yeah, yeah. you know like these are uh, these are darlings we I, killed. I do want to talk about Matt. Three... Watched me cry through the whole. I cried through the whole living. thing. I really liked Little Women. Um, oh, I'm gonna be so fascinated to see what. But here we go. Here we go. Here we go. These are actually. Uh, I do want to talk about three films we did not review. Okay. Uh, that I was shocked and I absolutely loved, but are disqualified due to the fact we did not see them from this award we did, show. We, did, we didn't do them on the we podcast. Did, we didn't, we didn't uh, re- uh, do a review. Okay. Okay. Uh, first, Escape Room. You've, told, <laughs> you, you've all heard me talk about Escape Room. It came out in January of 2019. If you like horror... Go, Jamie. Talk to me about Escape Room. He made me watch. Yeah. And what? What do you do? Do you agree or disagree that? Uh... It was a lot of fun. Okay. It's a fun movie. It's okay. a fun movie. Um, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not beating it Oscar has, contenders. Yeah, but... it has its flaws. Uh, it's but hate. it's it's quite it's quite enjoyable. It's to watch. so much better than it should be. Yeah, okay. ex- exactly. That I'm you willing think to that be you're surprised. Gonna be fine, yeah. And then something happens, and you are like jerked from your seat in caring, and it's nice. And I want to point out that. I often talk up films and then people see them sometimes when they're in this sort of vein or this group and you're like, I mean, it's fine, <laughs> but it did, it was, it was as good as I was hyping it up to be. I also have a, a friend, uh, shout out to Matt Mingle, who works at an escape room. And after I saw it, I was like, yo, have you seen Escape Room? And he was like, don't talk, talk to me yeah. about yeah. that film. Uh, another one, another it was, one. It's just brought up constantly. Uh, late Night. Okay, the Mindy Kaling vehicle yes. with Jamie uh, and I. Yeah, we we watched it one evening, and it was such a fucking delightful surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not expecting it to be as good. Did you watch it here? I have not seen it. It's worth your time. I will check it like, out. Like it's it's good. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, I I it was it felt. Oh God, that's one of those films that like it's in a world that I don't fully understand, but I believe I- exactly like it's painted in such a with such a real brush. It's one of those movies that's in the industry enough that you can feel the wink of of yeah. uh, of truth in what they're writing. Yeah, and the last one, and then uh, we can move on. Uh, honestly, this shocked me more than anything. Uh, Terminator: Dark Fate. Okay. I bought I, it I on did Blu-ray. I tweet about this recently. I bought it on Blu-ray. Wait, I've lost track. Is this on your list or off your list? This is, these are off my list. Okay. These are disqualified. Right. Okay, got it. Uh, because we didn't review them. Uh, I Look, I cannot blame myself or the audience 
uh, the cinema going audience for mm. sleeping on Dark Fate because of the last three Terminator films. Uh, it's fucking great. It is not as good, obviously, as Terminator 2, but it is 100% the successor to Terminator 2. Is it the third best in the series? Uh, <laughs> I, to, to be fair, it's the second best in the series. It beats Terminator 1 for me. It is okay. It is wow. solid. The story is good. The action is fucking insane. Uh, Tim Tim Miller. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. He's got an eye. Uh, so those are those are my those are my honorable mentions. I'd right. like to say I'm not a man in my mid to late thirties, and I also felt that that was a very powerful and well done film. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. We we watched it, and we were both we were both like within the first ten minutes. Yeah. We're like, oh, this is. This is going to be great? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got uh, a friend of mine uh, uh, texted me and was like, I watched Terminator Dark Fate on a plane, and it was not bad. And that, that was like, that was, that was what they said. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, uh, I have, uh, uh, there is another person on this list of uh, party goers that, that is going to spill some other movies that I think may overlap with things that I saw, but I'll just go through these quickly. Um, movies that I was really surprised by and really enjoyed. The Art of Self-Defense by Riley Stearns uh, with Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Alessandro Nivolo uh, was one that snuck up on me and beat the shit out of okay. me. And I really dug it. It's It's got that sort of vibe of... It's like an American Yagos Lanthimos, you know, who did yeah, that, yeah. The Favorite and The Lobster. It's got that sort of like off-kilter weird vibe to it. Uh, but, right. uh And a very small movie, like almost sit entirely in one room in one street, um, but really kind of like snuck up on me and I just dug it. It really just worked for me. Uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco by Joe Talbert, yes. another movie that just kind of loved from the very first frame, didn't quite hold on to for the entire length of the movie, um, but I think one that like had more beautiful moments than sure. I think most movies that I'd seen this year. Uh, Private Life by Tamara Jenkins, uh, the movie about uh, uh, a couple in Brooklyn getting fertility treatments. Um, you know, I think it came out in 2019. Absolutely loved it. You know, It's available right now on Netflix. Absolutely worth your time. Uh, kind of reinvigorated my sense of like what intimate human drama can be. Yeah. And finally, the movie that just really, I actually only watched this uh, two nights ago. Uh, it kind of destroyed me uh, in ways that I think it is intended to. A documentary feature for Sama uh, by Wad mm. El Khatib, which didn't win the best uh, doc uh, documentary feature this uh, tonight. Uh, that went to American Factory, but. Um, this is a movie about a journalist in Syria who is documenting um, her life in Aleppo, uh, and she kind of writes it as a love letter to her daughter. Um, her husband is the lead uh, doctor in a in a makeshift hospital, um, and it puts if it, it puts everything that I have been worried about or thinking about, or every drama that I have had to shame uh, because of the the horrors that this this family is dealing with mm. in Syria. Um, and, and the question that kind of the film makes me ask is, how could we let this happen? And and what it makes me realize is that the, the atrocities that we in the Western world kind of think of as not possible happening are happening on a daily basis here. And, and, and we're ignorant of it yeah. and we're entirely ignorant of it I know I know I'm sounding like I'm on a soapbox I know uh, uh, that the, the, this is sort of um, um, you know anathema to, to most people but I'm just saying if you watch this film and you think about the horrors that can be done to a child you will see all of those in this movie and then you will ask yourself 
how could you let that happen? Yeah. Or how can we how can we as a society let this happen? And this is not the only place this is happening. So for Sama is um, brutal, horrific, you know, un unmissable, um, certainly worth everybody's time. Well, uh, in the in the spirit of movies left off, uh, I I think anyway, if I'm looking at my notes correctly, off of our top ten. Okay. Uh, this next bit from the party that you'll notice that we all, uh, me mostly, I guess, get progressively more drunk as these clips go on. Uh, <laughs> these are my friends Nick Parker, Kristen, Will, and Sammy. Uh, they are going to tell us what they thought their uh, most effective films to them were for 2019. Okay. Will, I want to start with you. Okay. Um, what uh, what was your what was a film that resonated with you? Possibly your favorite of 2019. Pee and Butter Falcon. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. Pee and Butter Falcon. Ooh, I have been meaning to see that. It's very good. I recommend it. I realized once the movie ended, I had a smile slapped across my face the mm. whole movie. My cheeks hurt. Oh. And uh, I. I and then I and then I watched more press behind it, and I got like there's just so much behind the movie that mm-hmm. I enjoy that made me enjoy the movie as a whole. Yeah, a lot more. Nice. Yes. All right, Kristen. I really liked Rocket Man, and okay. I'll tell you why. Yes. I'll tell you why. Yes. I'll tell you why. Let yes. me tell you why. All right, tell us why. I'm a big fan, big big fan of musicals in general. It's not a Rocket Man. And I really liked the like theatrical kind of like fantastical world that like Rocket Man kind of immediately like puts you in and I was excited to see it and I feel like it didn't disappoint for me. So Rocket Man. Rocket Man Burning Down Okay, good. No, that's very nice. All right. And, and look, it's way better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's just throw that. 100 hundred percent. I just want to make sure that okay. we all know. Yes. <laughs> Sammy, hello. I have to say the movie that I have watched more than once and have recommended to people, but it has n- didn't have the best reviews, but I love. Sure. Was Alita Battle Angel. Oh, yeah! Did you snipe Nick Parker? Oh, my like, God. Did you snipe Nick Parker? Was that going to be your favorite? Whoa. Yes. Like, All right, whoa. so you two, okay, hold on. You two talk about I Alita Battle Angel. Absolutely Both of you. love that film. Uh, thank you. So, Sammy, why do you connect <laughs> I, with Alita Battle Angel? Uh, it was, okay. First off, I wasn't expecting to like it. I walked into it. I agree. Joe took me, mean like I we got to see this movie. It'll be fun, and I was like, oh. I it's Robert Rodriguez, right? Like, yes. it's Robert yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. and I was like, meh. And the entire film, I was smiling. I was happy. It had my intention, attention, and it was so much fun. It was so cool. I very much gave into it. And part of why I loved it was knowing that there was such a history to the anime, and there was such a fan base, and the fan base liked it. And the music. The, the, music the soundtrack. The music was very good. There were times when I was watching the movie, and I looked into her eyes, and I <laughs> no, no, I mean this. I thought she was a human. Yes. Like the detail was insane, and you could see the emotion. Yes. Type of thing. Well, and they they studied it for so it was long, and like every, I, I was so fascinated that I was looking up articles about it, and they compared it to how much work went into Lord of the Rings. And how much huh. they concentrated on how the animation for all of the creatures, and it was exponentially so, more and, for two eyeballs. Okay, but I I'm torn because oh. it's definitely Alita Bad Angel and or Detective Pikachu. Yes, oh. that was I really enjoyed. I'm that shocked well. that you didn't say John Wick three. Truly, John. Okay, John Wick three is on a different level. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> John Wick and Alita Battle Angel, uh, Detective Pikachu, yeah. and uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. I okay, so uh, there's a lot of movies. See, we we can technically only do 52 films a year, and a lot <laughs> of we're legally bound. We're technically, legally, technically, I mean, we tend to do a little bit more, um, but there's a lot of movies that we miss. Peanut Butter Falcon is one of them. Yes, Pain and Glory is another. Yep. Um, I did see Alita Battle Angel. I in, saw Alita in Battle Angel. You uh, both saw Alita. Yeah. I saw it on a plane. I saw it on a plane. I saw it in a theater in New Zealand, uh, surrounded by many of the artists who'd worked on the movie. I don't know. Am I proud? I'm not. I don't know. Here's the deal. I'm not right in the Alita Battle Angel camp. Here's the deal. I will say that very much. I, I did not enjoy think, that movie. <laughs> I think the movie is fine. There Even are, the the sort of hokey franchise building that they do at the end of the movie. Where every like, film does hokey franchise not building. Every film. I can't like nope. all, the, mm-hmm. in, in this ilk they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the um, I I and again we can honestly blame this on less oxygen. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You, you do biologically enjoy a film more on an airplane. The, the difference in oxygen level makes your emotions higher, or you might maybe hate it more. <laughs> uh, so here, don't watch it on a plane. <laughs> I had a fine time with it as an airplane movie. Now, okay. uh, and I, I, I was impressed with some of the visual effects, uh, especially a lot of the. Um, I guess we'd call it cyborg on cyborg violence. I think it was <laughs> it was uh, I- impressive. Yeah. It's uh, also a tab in Pornhub. It is. Uh, but wow. I would not ever wow. think about. I, I have not until that interview ever yes. thought about Alita: Battle Angel again. I but I I did not not like it. I like the story that Robert Rodriguez has about James Cameron because James Cameron produced that film. James Cameron was trying to make that film for a long period of time. Um, where he talked about the fact that you know when the first trailer came out, everyone was like, "These these eyes look weird, and there's something wrong with the." you know, the way that uh, Alita looks in this movie. And so uh, Robert Rodriguez goes to James Cameron and says, what should we do about this? You know, James Cameron has kind of got a, like a hands-off kind of produ- producerial credit on the film. He'd worked on it for a long period yeah. of time, and he was kind of like, you know, he encouraged Robert Rodriguez to do it, but didn't want to get too involved. And his advice to him was, you know, because they were like, these uh, the eyes are wrong. You know, and you've already seen the image of Battle Angel Alita, the eyes are huge. Yeah. Uh, and James Cameron's advice was not to make the eyes smaller. And, and Robert Rodriguez was surprised at that, and James Cameron said, Make the pupils bigger, and that was his advice. And that apparently was the the key. There was something that all these artists had not considered. And uh, and uh, Robert Rodriguez said, "Just that that is why James Cameron is the genius that he is." Um, I'm really surprised that no artists <laughs> on that production thought to do that. Yeah, because mm. I think every every illustrator and artist that I know started when they were 16 drawing eyes for a really long period of their high school. To be fair, I bet you a bunch of them did and, and everyone said no. And then James and Cameron, then James James Cameron, Cameron said, said it and, and then they're all like, oh, really yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, that's the same kind of thing we're giving Sonic human baby teeth uh, in the beginning. <laughs> like, there's people yeah, said yeah. it. Just, it's, a, it's a good narrative. You know, like, uh, print the story as, yeah. uh, as opposed to the reality. Well, thanks, thanks, friends, for continuing the, the the discourse there. All right. I so love that two people though. I love that it was both Sammy and Parker. They're both like, "Whoa, battle angel!" Like yeah. it was. A, we pulled people in randomly to this to this record, and I love that they came in at the same time. All right. All right. So now we're gonna we're gonna just to try and speed this up a little bit. Usually, typically, what happens in our top ten episode is that we will go off one at a time uh, to to kind of uh, bounce off where we're different here. But I think we're gonna do because we did the Oscars here. We're gonna go from ten to five or ten to six a little quicker. Just kind of running through those and then get into a little bit more of a discussion around five to one. How about this? Jamie, as soon as you're bored with what we're saying, you just cut us off. Stop now! <laughs> oh, okay. well, right now. Well, this has been the kidding. only... Bo- oh, okay. no. <laughs> You want to go first or shall I go first? Uh, you go first. Number 10, American Factory. 
Okay. It won I, best fi- it won best uh, documentary. Documentary. Feature. I uh. think that was good. I think American Factory was a really strong film. I thought uh, it handled a lot of stuff that uh, we don't get to see often, and that was an interesting uh, culture clash in 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 industry. Uh, my list is going to be comprised of. Uh, there's going to be one distinct theme through a lot of this. Oh, there's interesting. One, 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 two film outliers from this theme, and American Factory is sitting All right. part of that. My number ten, which I'm not going to talk about too much because I've talked about it to death, is Cats. Cats. Wait. So you're telling me cats beat out? Uh, what was the one that you dropped off? I know. You, I know. Cats beat out little Here's women. Here's the deal, Jamie. Le- just, just hold on I for know, a second. But I'm gonna explain myself. Just, just I'm Jamie, explain Jamie, myself. you can jump in at any point yeah. here. Cats beat out little women. I'm gonna explain myself. I'm gonna explain just, myself. Cats. Cats beat out little women. I'm waiting. Okay. Cats, even though it is a a straight up is a worse film. There's no question in my mind. But if we are talking about the films that if that stuck with me, the level that Cats stuck with me is is insane. For the it's just such an odd mistake that uh, I can I could not stop thinking about it. And and Little Women, for instance, is a leaps and bounds a better film. On on every level, there's not even a level it's not. But I didn't. I I I thought about cats more, and I I'm sorry. I no, don't apologize, um, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm a theater major. Can I put in a quick word about of cats? Of course you can. Uh, something that actually I really enjoyed about you guys reviewing cats was so many of the podcasts that I listened to and reviews that I listened to were a bunch of people saying I don't get it. <laughs> Fuck! Fuck you guys! Like not you guys. The, oh, wait, we uh, understand. General reviewers, because I'm sorry that you don't get it. Maybe the movie didn't communicate it, but that play means something. It is weird. It is very different. But it's not without its meaning. It's not without its function. And to say that the movie where everybody it's stuck with, even though maybe it's because of Judy Dench's hand. Uh, means nothing and is and is pointless outside of cat costumes is to me a bit insulting. Yeah, that it's 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 a play about redemption and vindication and human isolation, uh, and it's important. Also, these are our names. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Also, that's a true but point. I'll- but whatever. No, it's about community and it's about language. And I, I just and I, I will say, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm into, I'm into the musical because one time I was an 11 year old girl and it was touring also in Maine. But um, you know, it's. It, that's all. And I'm I just think, saying. I'm defending cats. Yeah, and I think that I think that it sticks with you because it means something. I think that's true, and I think it 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 sticks with me doubly because yes, it does mean something, and it was such a fucking miss. Like it, it, the 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 strength of what it is shined equally to the amount of disaster it was, and I've never seen a thing like that. I'm so, okay. I'm just I'm, in in the in the history. We'll note that Matthew Kroll has made Bring it. Cats number ten in, it. Two, in 2019. Uh, my number nine was I Am Mother, a tiny little Netflix release that dropped in the middle of the night that I just fell in love with. I think it was like a perfect encapsulation of science fiction, uh, a wonderful story told well. Shahir, give me your hands. Give me your hands. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, mean, I have other two. Oh, it's you, number nine. nine. They're you in love. They're in love now. 
I have to leave. No, I'm getting no, broken you, up you with stay. right now. Cats and I am mother. I am mother. mother. I love how we just went so <laughs> we we were back on track, or now we're gonna bounce off each other because we just the, the it was the love was too strong. And this uh, is a movie that people wrote us in and said this is not great. Yeah, <laughs> and and people are. <laughs> and hey, guess what? Oh, no, people people are wrong. <laughs> we, uh, we stuck with it. It's 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 uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's it is weirdly enough before Dark Fate the spiritual successor to, <laughs> to Terminator. It certainly is. Yeah, uh, it's it was it and, and I maybe it's the surprise of it coming out of nowhere. Maybe yeah. it's the beautiful world design and the way that they actually functioned with like keeping a small idea small until just the very like yeah. I don't know. It's, it's good. It's fucking great. It's really really good. All right, number eight for me. The Irishman. Wow. Oh shit! Don't tell me. No. It's not. <laughs> okay. No. okay. The Irishman uh, moved up and down on my list quite a lot. Um, there's a few movies here that moved up and down quite a lot, um, but it's a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. It was a rich, delightful meal that I am looking forward to having again. Jamie, you just watched The Irishman. I had to watch it over five sessions, yeah. and I was angry about that. <laughs> and and also the uh, the aging situation. Because again, they never looked young, but that is. I think they start. It feels like they start at fifty. Yeah, and Matt was like, "No, he's supposed to be twenty-five or 30. He's supposed to be like thirty-something. And I was furious. Uh, But it's it's great. It's excellent, and it's maybe a little out of the current zeitgeist. But um, it's it's, a movie about death. It's it's, a three-hour movie about death. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I also was very impressed by the Irishman, and I and I finished it on my laptop with my headphones on because my roommates were sick of me trying to watch the Irishman in the house and I I couldn't I I just wanted to talk about it. I had a beverage tonight called the Irishman. Okay. Um uh, my number 8 is Book Smart. Okay. Movie uh, I Olivia did not Wilde. see. Olivia Wilde. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, and 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 I know that's a little bit weird on our list because you know you didn't see it but, but we, we did review. There was we did a review. review. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I Valid. I and I believe that was with uh Jamie you and uh Nick and Kristen. It's true. Um uh that film I think about a lot, and it's it's because it's, it's straight comedy, but it yeah. is it is of the time. It is hilarious. It is uh, lives up to its name, being very smart. And uh, to, to, I'll, I'll say this: to have a film that I I, I love so dearly. Uh, also, um, Carrie Fisher's daughter Billy Lord in that film uh, is the show stealer. Uh, it is the 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 most enjoyable comedy I think I saw this year, uh, and it it is an absolute delight. And if I can, uh, I, it's funny. I, whenever we go to the theater, and it's like, "Hi, I'm Olivia Wilde, director of Booksmart, yeah, yeah. Coca Cola Films." And I, 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 mean, I don't get mad until the kids show up because I'm like, "Olivia Wilde, you directed a great fucking movie. You keep t- keeps keep showing up, Olivia Wilde, director of Booksmart. I want to see it. I'm here for it." Number eight. All right. Uh, my number seven. I, I think uh, I, I have to check out Booksmart. Uh, number seven, uh, the movie inspired by my number eight pick, or at least influenced by my number eight pick, and that was Lorena Scarfier's Hustlers. Oh, nice, that I nice, really, nice. really, really, really enjoyed. I think a movie that um, uh, walks you in through the door holding your hand with the promise of titillation and walks you out the door with the promise of a story about eating the rich and yeah. and, and, and about the, the class distinction between the... Um, the haves and the haves not in the 2008 financial crisis. Yep. I think a wonderfully inspired piece of casting. Uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez kind of proving to us the movie star that she has always been. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, a smartly made w- uh, film about female friendships made by women. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. 
Uh, mine is of a similar ilk, at least about eating the rich. Mm. Uh, and it is, uh, well, whenever you are about to see it, you should run, run, mm. run, mm. or I am going to find you. Ready or not, here it comes. You can't hide. It's going to find you. That is my number seven. Uh, he it, sang that song for 48 hours. <laughs> uh, the run, 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 yeah. Uh, it, it, that's a movie that also stuck with me, taking a horror trope uh, and, yeah. and making it... Um, Poignant and actionable and and supernatural, but not, but is, but not, but is, <laughs> and and uh, uh, wow, I was so su- surprised on how I remember seeing the poster of that film and being like, I guess, mm-hmm. and That's then walking great. out of the theater and being like, holy shit, I guess so, uh, yeah. No, so uh, yeah. a movie that I I should have put in my honorable mentions is very very good, yeah. very 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 good. All right, what's your number six? Number six is a little bit of a uh, somewhat controversial choice in that it came out the year previously, but we reviewed it this year, so I'm going to conclude it in this list. Yeah, you do this sometimes. Well, we did review it this year uh, after our last year's review. So, uh, and this is a movie that I think uh, it had it had we reviewed it in the year that it came out, would it appeared very high on that list, and that is another South Korean film and about class distinction, uh, which again is that theme of the year, of the year, and that is Lee Chang Dong's film Burning, yeah, uh, which is uh, uh, again. Uh, uh, in a way, deals with the same territory as Parasite, mm-hmm. is a much more um, uh, pointed look, and uh, also a much more, um, I guess, realistic approach. You know, like it, it's less of a genre film and more of an exploration of an idea. Um, a movie that I that 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 got under my skin uh, after two viewings. Uh, you know, and like the first one didn't quite happen. The second one, it definitely did. The third time, it's certainly uh, under my skin at Jamie, this point. did you see Burning? I did not. We should watch it. It's mm. it's. It's, I remember. It's, uh, I remember at least one of you watching it. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Excuse me. I'm um, so sorry. Yeah. No. It's I, I, actually. I. I was had it on my list and I took it off because it nah. was in 2018. So fair enough. Um, fair enough. But uh, my number uh, six. My number six is one of your honorable mentions. Ooh. Another one. I, I think a lot of my I'm, list. Uh, can I? Can I make a guess? Thing. Yeah. Doctor Sleep. Yep. yep. You got it. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I have the Blu-ray in the other room. That's uh, great. I was. I gotta watch this director's <laughs> cut. Show, I know. Yeah. I hear great things. I was again shocked. I was like, "There's no way this is gonna be good," and 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 it it <laughs> it really was. It it felt like um. And this is a, a, I I say this as a compliment. Mm-hmm. It felt like an amazing Buffy the Vampire episode. Okay. Um. Can it, I tell you why it didn't make my list? Sure. Because I felt like the moments that didn't land for me were the moments where it was really living in the shadow of Stanley Kubrick, even though that was what the movie was about. Yeah. But that was enough for me to kind of go, that's, it's doing this thing, that one thing that I just didn't think quite, quite worked. But, uh, but Abra, is it Abra, the, yeah. the young girl? Mm-hmm. I, th- I was like, she was I'm, great. I'm here for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I Mike thoroughly... Flanagan. Yeah, Ooh, he's he's got a huge future ahead of him. Well, okay, so th- that's our sort of first half. As we we're gonna we're gonna deep dive more into these as we go, but we have more faves of the people coming up. Uh, next up at our party, uh, we have uh, Joe and Tanya, and they're going to tell us what movies connected with them in 2019. All right, Tanya, we're gonna find a movie you've seen, American <laughs> Factory. No. Okay, uh, <laughs> the Burial of Kojo. No. Okay, uh, it chapter two. Oh, I've 
watch Book Smart. Book Smart. Okay, we got there. Hey, everyone. Okay. We're here with Tanya and Joe. <laughs> Tanya, let's start with you. Uh, no, we were. Wait, wait. Put your headphones on. Tanya, this is a professional Sorry. environment. Sorry. Lean into the microphone. You got excited. It sounded like when I when you mentioned Book Smart. I mean, a little bit unexpected. Yeah. I, was, I thought it was going to be like. Less quirky, more like girly, but it actually isn't. It's actually really fun. It's and interesting. pretty good natured, and it's mm -hmm. good about like it's like a good relationship, with, like between friends and like their issues and like a lot of like very like introspective of like who you think you are and what you want to be. Did you know that Jonah Hill's sister is one of the two girls in Booksmart? No. Well, there you go. Wow. Oh, I'll give you that one for free. Knowledge. Thank you, uh, Joseph. Hey, buddy, <laughs> welcome back. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, what, what was your What was the film you connected with in 2019? I didn't. This was not the best film of 2019, but I really enjoyed it. It was Henry V. Oh uh, shit! Okay. Timothy and Robert. Yep. Uh, I, I like so. I've got there. It was. It took a while to, to to really pull you into the drama, but I liked. You have, I liked how accurate it was. It was it, it really made you realize how long ago all this stuff yeah. was. And that in the 1300s, it was very tribal almost, and just how much power you had as, as you, he inherited as the king. And he he really was like that. He was kind of just a psychopath on the battlefield. Yeah. And I really liked the fighting. I really did like how exhausting it looked to be fighting in full armor and to swing an axe and to hit some. And he really he threw himself into it. And I'm like, wow, it, it was it was it was a thing. All right, of course, uh, Joe called it Henry V. Uh, it, it is king he is discussing. Uh, but the yeah, so we had two. Uh, well, hey, shout out to Tanya for Booksmart. That was that was on my yeah, list. Yeah, I know this is uh, this um, is the movie to see this year. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm bummed that I didn't see the king because uh, David Michaud directed one of my favorite films of the last ten to fifteen years, and that is Animal Kingdom. It's just uh, king. There's it's, no the. Uh, I'm pulling it up as the king. Oh, well, then I'm wrong. Okay. And I've had oh, a I lot think, of champagne tonight. I think you're thinking of the Tekken character with the lion head. It's probably that. <laughs> yeah. You're probably thinking of the Tekken character yeah, right, right. with the lion yeah. head. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I do want to see this film a lot. I really like it's, it's, it's excellent. Yeah, uh, and, and it's, the funny story is, is that uh, Timothy Chalamet was shooting this right before he was doing Little Women. And so he was kind of like at the center of this film <laughs> and then wanting oh, to like... No. And then like... He, uh, the story is that he was texting um, Greta Gerwig in the middle of like this about like his character from, uh, from Little Women and he was... He was, he was kind of bouncing back and forth. I was like, I hear I'm the king, and here I'm not so cool. Well, <laughs> that is uh, not terrible preparation for his character in Little Women, yeah, which is a, a, a you know yeah. not a perfect character, yeah. not not someone who isn't is the center of attention. Yeah. All right. Top five. You, you're up, Sheer. Top five. Bouncing from the king. I'm writing these all down in my notebook. Good, by the way, good. Guys. So whatever you say is is record. It's I'm writing the Chalamet train because my notebook is stone on the Gerwig plane. Little Women, number five. All right, could have been higher. Certainly could have been higher. Why uh, wasn't it higher? It actually was much lower on the list uh, until until very recently. But oh. uh, but it, it bounced around the list quite a lot. A movie that I think is a technical achievement in 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 writing, in skillful direction, in in the perfect kind of manipulation that I want from a filmmaker. Um, and there is this quality that Greta Gerwig has uh, 
has uh, displayed as an actress that is translated into her work as a director yeah. that is exuberant, is the way I would describe uh, the things that she does on screen. So he agrees. Um, and, and this was uh, no doubt uh, a further exploration of that. And she's so young, and I'm so excited that we are going to get so many years yeah. of films from Greta Gerwig. And I think this is, you know, like in a way, this is the, the film of hers that I would be least uh, anticipating because it is like the 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 classic sort of adaptation of a classic novel, you know, bring it to the screen. But she does it with such a fresh eye and a verve and everything that she brings to to you know what she brought to Lady Bird and her performances in Frances Ha and Mistress America, mm-hmm. um, you know, and her work with Noah Baumbach. So um, no, I love this film. I think it's kind of rocketed her to uh, the mainstream audience too, mm. in a way that you know she started in the indie circuit yeah. and and has kind of stayed comfortably there for a long time. And this uh, Little Women is uh, a, a a mainstream and important piece of literature, and she her work on it has uh, I think uh, transcended where she was. Yeah, her branding's all different now. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm very, I'm, I'm excited very curious Greta. where she goes from here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, love her. Uh, I, 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 I 100% agree with all of those sentiments. My number five was Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I was very excited for this movie. Uh, when it dropped, and again, I, I, I figured it would be hilarious. I didn't realize, and I figured there'd be obviously some emotional, uh, you know, through lines with it as well, but I didn't expect it to get me as much as it did. Um, you know, I tie mean, your shoelaces the I, same the way. The shoelaces, the building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, holy shit! And if you've seen it, then that's all you need to know. Um, it's, uh, it's the only film in w- well, and this in 1917. I I gasped. The yeah. the air left my body. Yeah. Like a movie that I am um, going to have to uh, deal with and reckon with as a New Zealander at some point. I I I like the film a lot. I like Taika Waititi a lot. I don't think it's his best work. Yeah. Um. And I and I think. It's a little. I don't want to besmirch this movie. I think it's very, very good. Well, then don't besmirch what do you, it. What is, in your opinion, what is what is his best work? I think his best work is Hunt for the Will of People. At I this knew point. You Hunt for the Will of People is dope as fuck. I think I think that's I think that's his 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 best work. But I again, young filmmaker, lot to lot to come from him. You know what's interesting? Um, I, I I think they're weirdly those films, both Jojo Rabbit and and uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, are like they share. They definitely share an energy. They share an energy, but I think they're for a different audience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And 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 Jojo Rabbit is a hundred percent more mainstream in a way. I mean, just mm-hmm. subject matter alone, but also a little bit of the of the comedic tone. Um, it's or, a it's a or, it's a much broader palette, or more forward facing in that because yeah. there's a lot in Hunt for the Wilder People that is a hundred percent pop culture, yeah. But with with Ricky Baker, yeah, um, New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. little small town guy, yeah. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I think it's a very good film, yeah. Uh, and I'm very pleased that uh, it will be a national holiday from this way forward, yeah. <laughs> in New Zealand. All right. Also, his acceptance speech was very was, was funny delightful, and confused, oh, and charming. He's hilarious. Um, number four. A movie that didn't make your list. Uncoot Gems. Oh, Uncoot! Uncoot Gems! Uncoot Gems! Uh, I, I dived into the Safdie Brothers this year by watching Good Time and then this, and I am all in. Hey, you don't need nothing but a good time. Uh, I am all in on these guys. Uh, I think they're uh, dynamic. 
Uh, they have this sort of 70s kind of rock and roll flavor to them um, that I think is like just exciting to watch. I feel like they are both, um, they, they seem to uh, make films that are um, precise but never feel precise. You know, they feel like they're just sort of catching things off the cuff, but they're entirely engineered to make you feel a certain way. I think I think they're very, very smart filmmakers. I, and I, I kind of, I'm, I'm all in. I, I had that experience in the theater, there's no question. Uh, that was such a, it was such a ride. Yeah. Um, and it was a ride that, that um, again, I, for whatever reason, did not stick with me long after the podcast that we did. Again, mm-hmm. I, I remember it sticking with me for a bit, but it didn't, but, but, but when I was there, yeah. Holy shit, that thing's fucking magical. I wonder if maybe that's there's something about the mentality of uncut gems that is is maybe one of the things that hurt it is that it's it's visceral and immediate, but you don't I don't know, man. You don't you, take you, it with you. Cat stuck with you, but this didn't. Weirdly. Uh, well, I, uh, I yeah, know, no, but like but, but obviously... first argument was about cats. <laughs> yeah, well, well the the play, not the The play. Yeah. We okay. went to see the Broadway show and we were both like well, okay, this is a show. It's fine, but then on the subway, in the, on the end, we were like, "But what is re- what is vindication and what is redemption and what is isolation?" And then I made him go home alone. <laughs> Whoa, was our first fight? Oh, um, but um, okay, back to uh, but uncut James didn't make the cut for you. What did uh, my number four? Didn't make your list. Oh wow! Wait, can I guess? Yeah, you can. Uh, I'm gonna go with knives out. Nope. To the farewell. Farewell. What? Yeah. Yeah. The farewell. Uh, Aptly placed, I believe. Look, I, 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 and my love for this goes beyond the Code Fam love uh, of Aquafina. This movie got me beyond the 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 general feels um maybe it was the right time i know i i've spoken a little bit on here about um my my grandmother uh being in in uh hospice uh na- <laughs> update on my grandmother uh now she's out of it uh but it's still not uh, it, it's, it's a complicated situation that's not uh, uh no one's getting any younger um but uh this story of of a woman going back to her family's home country and 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 dealing with death in a way that I have never even fathomed as a thing. Um and in and, 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 and a beautiful slash completely insane way, uh, told with the just phenomenal skill that it was um and 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 just moving every bit of this film was just pure heart and uh not a not a single person didn't throw the entirety of their talent and and um ability into it and i i fucking love this movie the end of this movie uh, just uh, it's it, it's it rages on uh inside of me. So I think the farewell uh is, I I was I was if there's one thing I'm if I'm looking for a reason to be mad at the Oscars, yeah, it's that the farewell was fucking snubbed. It yeah. really was. I yeah. mean, what the hell? Yeah, that's a beautiful film. Yeah, and it's a story that is not normally told. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it won uh, a lot of independent spirit awards. Yeah, but, no, uh, yeah, and Aquafina won a Golden Globe. It should have won a fucking yeah. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, it was amazing. All right, yeah, all right. I want to point, point out one thing right now. Sure, we only have one film in common. 
So far. So far. So far. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I feel like we have three left. I think, and I think in that three, we'll have one film in common. Maybe. But here, before we even get there, we have to get to uh, Steve, Becky, and Jamie. Uh, Jamie, you're making a twofer on this. On this, I'm very important. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna find out what all y'all's 2019 most uh, film that connected with you. Zoe, take it away. Yeah, she didn't meow on cue. There it is. <laughs> I am here with Stephen Buja, Becky, and Jamie. You don't know two of our last names. Be- Rebecca Heineman and Jamie Walsh. Oh, let's not job. get it twisted. I've been drinking a lot. I just Steve. Yes. Let's talk real quick. Favorite film, or at least a film that you think of right now when I ask you the question of your favorite film of 2019. What connected with you? Well, 2019 was a it was a low movie year for me. And is this gonna sound weird? Because this was literally the last movie I saw three days ago. Parasite. I That's a fucking valid it's choice, a man. Really, really good movie. I walked in kind of knowing and I love a, love a film where I'm watching it I'm into it and I go okay I know what's happening in this movie and then it pulls the rug out from on you in a way that isn't cheating mm-hmm. it plays fair and it becomes something uh, very incredible and twisted in 2019 we talk a lot about an inequality and I think this really like drives home the the differences between those who have and those who have not there's a lot of classism and, uh, yeah a lot of classism in there so I think that's my that was my favorite movie of 2019 uh, a lot of uh, honorable mentions I have to give it up to Endgame of, of course. course of course and uh, Jojo Rabbit I I thought that was actually really delightful and uh, hopeful and super funny, and I thought it handled the tonal changes quite well. Nice. Yeah, no, I agree. Rebecca, what connected with you 2019? So I tried to do some research thinking about coming into this room, and it turns out I've only seen one movie this year. That's not true. The movie theaters. That was the How to Train Your Dragon. The The third one. one. The third one. And I want to say that there's no loss having not seen the second one. You so you just... saw you saw How to Train Your Dragon one, correct? And you missed yes. the second one, absolutely. And then you just jumped into number three with Toothless, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. With Toothless, it was fine. That dragon um, doesn't have any teeth, correct? But what a hence hero. the name, and and what a love story. Uh, that's all I feel about that movie. It was fine. Okay, Jamie, uh, do you uh, do you have something that is totally fine or above? Yeah, uh, I I didn't see a lot of films in 2019 because I was busy staring into the void. Sure, but. Uh, I did one night while I was cat sitting Zoe uh, watch King on Netflix, and oh. I thought it was not going to be very good, and I f- fucking loved it. Nice. I thought it was such a wonderful exercise in taking something complex and Shakespearean and and lofty and working it into this beautiful, so so incredibly relevant political, uh, dramatic, rich. Story of, of this of this young man's coming of age into authority and uh, his position in life, and I just I was I was so impressed and I loved it very much. I even I recommended it to my recommended it. Ooh, yeah, what's everyone's recommendation? Um, no, it's fine. Right. I'm yeah. done. I'm not going to tell you who it was recommended to. I think I've been recommended the uh, the king this uh, by by you and, and other people. This <laughs> I, I will highly recommend recommended. Uh, that feels uncomfortable and painful. But yeah, well, I, again, you know I, what? I love me some you David Michaud. See some Robert Pattinson performance, and then you'll yeah be. That really, the movie, you really like that movie. That obviously yeah. was recorded before you oh, had yeah. your whirlwind and best picture nominees. Side side note: the haircuts in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, chef's choice, kiss? Choice haircuts. Wow. David Michaud also directed a film called The Rover with Robert Pattinson, where Robert Pattinson had like kind of a, 
a secondary side character, you know, like really weak kind of person, mm. and it was really good. He's Robert Pattinson mm. is really turning up. I'm oh, I'm yeah. very excited. It's funny, the lighthouse. I was uh, continuously distracted by how pretty he is, <laughs> uh, and and I'm excited for him to find ways according, around being that pretty and into his. Oh acting. yeah, according to science, he is the most handsome man. He's too <laughs> handsome. Really? I mean, I like he's not my type. He's too symmetrical, but I, I he is he is. A, yeah, I know. I was like, I, tw- I tweeted about this, like that my mom has been lying to me all these years. <laughs> <laughs> because, but you know, like I, I, I guess he's handsome, but he doesn't. He doesn't Not everyone's he doesn't everyone's. Do type. anything for me visually. I think he's a good actor. Hey, I don't know, he's going to be the Batman as he, soon as he gets in those in those you know what it is, not is hockey pads. The, he has the right. He has the right percentage of femininity. Mm, got them. Got them nice lips. Have you? Did you That's see it? his legs in the lighthouse? Um, I mean, they, they were drenched. Yes. He was walking through poopy water a lot of that time. So it's the we... end of the lighthouse. It's the scene I'm not allowed to oh, talk yeah, about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiling. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm, I surpri- I'm, surpri- I'm surprised scene, from that scene what you like, got away. <laughs> man, his legs. I can't, I can't believe from that scene you walked away with like, man, those legs. I know. <laughs> this this is my problem. this is my lovely girlfriend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. No, never apologize for loving poop legs. All right. No, no, that's not what's happening. That scene. Oh shit! You're right. Sorry, I was getting. I was confusing two. Things. All right, all right. Num- we've got three to go. Three we've to only go. got one in also, common. Also, everyone, donate to the Wild Bird Fund. Great. <laughs> also, yes. Also, it's two in the morning. Also, I've been drinking since seven. Let's do this. All right, my number three. Us. Oh. A movie that came out in February. Yeah. Jordan Peele's follow-up to his uh, major, major breakthrough film, Get Out. A film that again. Talks about the, the the class divide between the the haves and the haves not, and a movie that that I, initially on first viewing I was like kind of mixed on, but one that sat with me for the entire year and that grew in estimation until I rewatched it and I was like, you know what, I like what you're putting down here. I had us on my list, and then off it to the honorable mentions. Then I didn't want to keep like just listing films like consistently. It, it, it was it was on there for a bit, and I kept pushing it when I thought about other things. But yeah. us, I think that there it 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 knocked me down and ripped me back up again. Especially I, it's a movie I that it. I think you know, like if they'd released it later in the year, it would have had a big Oscar play. Like they released it at exactly the same time that Get Out uh, released yep. the previous time, previous year, and that managed to sustain its sort of momentum throughout the entire year. And I think they were hoping that would happen again. It didn't quite happen for us this year. Um, I think I, I I think it's an amazing film that can, you know for a film to come out in February with with what that film did. Um, Pretty miraculous. I think to your point, you you mentioned this in the review how it, it kind of does. I'm trying to think of how you put it, but you you can go back and listen to the episode and, and correct me when I'm wrong. But the um the the it it didn't quite connect on its like um narrative technical level in the same way as Get Out did um, because it swung bigger. Yeah. Um, and you really appreciated the big swing. Yeah. Uh, I think what knocked it around for me was, you know, the big swing was cool, but like it was... It was harder to give narrative concessions to that to certain plot points that happened throughout uh, to continue my caring of what was happening to the utmost degree as I did with Get Out. Yeah. Uh, but it was fucking crazy. Us was and uh, crazy. Us was crazy. Us. I went a little Yoda there. I apologize. <laughs> and that brings me to my number three: uh, the rise of. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. That was not at all. 
Um, sick burn. Sick burn. I, I know one. Of, I know. I think I know. Stop two guessing of your, mine. I know two of your. Stop number, guessing your, your mine. I'm just going to say mine now. Okay. 1917 is my number three. Ooh. Okay. I did not guess that one. Uh, 1917. Uh, I mean, I I feel like we just talked about it like two or three weeks ago. So yeah. like, what? Go back and listen to that episode. We did not agree. Uh, yeah. Shear and I did not agree. Jamie, you just saw it today. I did. That's not a good name for the movie. I think. But I don't have a better name. I'm just saying. I think it's maybe a little too broad. Uh, Eminem should have definitely done the song for yeah, it. Yeah, Eminem, oh, Eminem's performance that? at the Oscars. You, said everyone you didn't was, watch the Oscars. I didn't watch. Video. I was just saying you get one shot. It was very confusing. <laughs> you get yeah. one shot. But you you heard that he played. I did not know that. Oh wow! No. <laughs> I did not so know. Eminem came what, on why did he and play? did lose yourself. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. We have a theory. Oh, we have a theory. All night. <laughs> so they did this thing about they one did this. Hold on. Let's let's rewind. One shot. You really didn't. That's hilarious. That. Well, maybe now it all makes sense. Um, so basically, they did a montage of, of uh, when they were doing a, a best original song. They're but, like, sometimes okay, but, a song. Yeah, but he won for "Lose Yourself," right? I know, but let me let me sort of get yeah. to it. Uh, he basically there was a montage of songs that played during movies and how iconic those moments are in in American history and pop culture. And then it ended with him as as Rabbit going down the hallway and then coming out and then he starts playing and doing the entire thing and everyone in the audience. Looked so oh, fucking uh, confused. First, they also cut to a part, uh, a clip of Burt Reynolds saying, "Sometimes you gotta lose yourself in a tree," and then it started playing. It's very fucking weird. It's not and- from De- Deliverance, is it? I think it is. Okay, so, but here's yeah. the thing: we were all like, "Why is this happening?" The audience was like, "Why is this happening?" Well, you won previously. He won, but that was also in the year that they didn't perform. There was one medley, yeah, right. and so, like, I guess it was fine, but like, it just <laughs> didn't quite like it was. It was a weird flex. You had one this shot. Is why the this Oscar, is it. You had your one is, shot. And you is, took it. This is one reason why the Mom's Oscars spaghetti. might need a host is because a <laughs> it's host all over the place. strings it together. Right. And this, uh, the Oscars, is a little hectic and messy without a host sometimes. Eminem. Got a standing ovation at the Oscars. Hey, man, he's a huge deal. I saw him perform live backstage uh, in, uh, where were we? Was some EMAs or something like sure. that. And it's mind-blowing. But 1917 no. uh, <laughs> yeah, was, a film, was a film <laughs> that didn't have Eminem Back to not someone with a drastically homophobic past. Let's, yeah. let's, let's uh, keep going. Yeah. The The... That movie just never stopped, never stopping, and <laughs> I could not be on board with it more. I know we disagreed. It, yeah. it, it was such an experience. So that is a is an example of the uncut gem scenario that, for whatever reason, despite it being a war movie that I don't normally connect with, uh, despite its story being fairly milk toast, mm-hmm. but but maybe it uh, based based milked based on its structure and based on how it was done you can rebut in a second you should listen to the episode yeah oh, now she well, can now that i've seen the movie i will well, i don't i don't listen to your episodes if i haven't yeah. seen the movies okay. um it it was it stuck with me consistently i've thought about that journey uh quite a bit multiple times uh and it, it, i don't know i it's definitely the my third favorite film of the year okay my number 2 is marriage story Movie that I watched twice in succession. I was happy to revisit it. A movie that moved me to tears both times. A movie that I watched with my wife, and we agreed that we would never get divorced because it was just too much work. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, weird flex. Night of weird flexes. Um, a movie that is simplistic in its subject matter, but devastating in the complexities of human relationships is the kind of thing that I was talking about with private life. Um, A movie that features two extraordinary performances um, backed by 
uh, an amazing structure, uh, amazing screenplay, uh, and beautifully directed. Just beautiful, just beautifully executed this way. This, uh, uh, if this had won Best Picture, uh, you know, it could have been the Kramer versus Kramer of our generation, and I would have been fine with it. I thought um, it might. Yeah, I think it had a real shot. Um, but I was fine with it where it landed, and I, I just, I think this is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah, it no, deeply, deeply affected me. I agree. Um, it was it was very 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 good. Um, it did not have that the staying power with yeah. me, but uh, watching it, I was like, oh fuck! Like let's again. I let's go I know some walls. I yeah. know we talk about. <laughs> I, we've talked about like you know, is it you know what is a film or all that jazz? And there's a lot of the stuff about like it needs to be in a the theater versus not and et cetera And you know, blah 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 blah. That's not the main argument. But we've talked about the, the, the how we view films. Mm-hmm. Uh, via at home in the theater, etc. And this is such a caliber of film that I was not ready for. Just like still, like just watching it at my house, even though I should be used to this by now. It just felt it felt special. Yeah. Um. It's right. it's uh shockingly intimate. Yeah. Um. In in how relatable it is to ever. I I struggle through it because <laughs> it. Has reminded me of breakups and and relationships that I've had in ways that I wasn't totally ready for, and yeah. um, the reality of both of those characters and both of those actors really turning up for it and yeah. really digging into it. Um, I don't think that that movie could be made by anybody. Yeah, you can't just take Marriage Story and throw anybody into it and make a good movie. Yeah, that. That movie needed the specific mixture of the people that were attached to it, yeah. and it was exceptional. Bishu tying in a movie. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Hang <laughs> on. Jojo Rabbit, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same actress. Uh, all right. So here's a question. Yeah. Well, no, it was stick with the structure. Never mind. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's late. My number two. Okay. Um, I don't know. Let me just say uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. That's America's ass. Yeah, I knew uh, it. I knew it. I had it. Yep. Uh, Avengers Endgame is my number two film of the year. I'm which that in all caps. Uh, holy, holy fuck. And and I think it, it, it would would it be safe because I feel like it all sort of ties together. I can go into a little bit of why I did this at number two versus my number one pick. Maybe after we go back and forth, we've talked about Endgame quite a bit. Um, I have not had an emotional experience like that in the, in the cinema. I think I, I would argue my entire life. Hmm. Um, the, but, but there are reasons um, that it did not make my number one spot. And we can get into that. I think after we touch on what the number one spots, are. I think we both know what our number ones. Are. I mean, it's pretty given. It. I point. think. I think it's Hobbs and Shaw. It's Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is our number one <laughs> film of 2019. Because it's so much like us. It's so much, much like us. us. It's pretty I, much our relationship. I, I, you are definitely the Rock. I am <laughs> Jason <laughs> Statham. Yeah, that's. His... Um, I mean, the scene where they're fighting guys in those two separate hallways together, oh, and geez. it's just like our dynamic. Yeah. And huh. then uh, Idris Elba is <laughs> super cool. And we go to Samoa. And, yeah, that's and right. We, we go to. Oh, we fight. Man. We t- didn't. We turn off guns. With, we turned with off guns, guns with the power of science. Yeah. Um, and it just really connected. Yeah, it's Hobbs and Shaw all I the way. Should go. <laughs> um, the number one movie <laughs> for us and the Academy Awards was Parasite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it is right. It's yeah. your, it's your yeah. number one. It's, yeah. This is this is the thing. It's a movie that is unequivocally 
the best thing you will see this year. It's, it's, it, I'm trying to think of something about it I don't like. The only thing I thought about this year, I, if I was doing opposition research yeah. on this movie, the thing I would talk about maybe is that Bong Joon-ho is from the upper class. And he's making a film about the lower. But that class. doesn't matter. It transcends that. It transcends. No, it's that so just, that's perception. But 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 you know, like you could argue that it's it's perception of the way class works could be naive. Whatever. I'm just saying opposition research. I think this is a perfect movie. I think I, you can't even argue that because I it's have, so clear. Like it's so clear that every everyone who's in a class <laughs> kind of knows this is how class works. It's it's extraordinary filmmaking to the utmost degree. A film that's you know I, I think I said this in the episode. Production designed within an inch of its life yeah. that never feels like you're watching you know production design or you never feels like you're watching uh, uh, um, the mechanics of how filmmaking yeah, works. It's perfectly seamless. It's it's and, and it's so concise in control and is a is a perfect uh example of how to bring an audience to a point drop them from that point pick them up and do it again yeah every time uh oh sorry something i've noticed that i've been really appreciating in films and uh, like mm. i cite little women as mm. this is it's a movie where there's no antagonist um everyone mm. in some way is and not necessarily looking for good, but they don't want bad. You know, yeah. they just want to be people. They just want to do good. They want to be people. And they want to be okay. Um, this is that almost in a bizarro version of itself. Like everybody is bad. Yeah. But also everybody is good. And they're still worried about what happens to the people that affect them. But, yeah. uh, but, 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 in, in, so it, it's a very Hobbesian view of society. A Hobbes and Shawian? Hobbes and Shawian. Hobbesian and Shawian? Yes, it's a Hobbes and Shawian <laughs> view of society. Um, and it's, I, you, you, because of that, you relate to every single person in the film. Yeah. yeah. And that's extremely effective. Uh, once it's almost a film without a central character. Almost without a central character. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, mm. That's very well Jessica, put. only child, Illinois. <laughs> um, one of those people. Only one gets a song. <laughs> yeah. um, back to uh, the reason why I think I chose this over Endgame, despite Endgame being incredibly on brand for me and other things. I, I cannot separate. And I, I look, I would be a hypocrite if I if I did not uh, while while championing shared universe films and how things have gone and how I enjoy that. If I if I gave it to Endgame because that is not just based on Endgame that is based on 11 years of film yeah. uh, and and that is not what this sort of thing is about if if I watched Endgame in a vacuum and I watched Parasite Parasite would 100% just no question trounce the shit out of it I, I and and that's I, I, I have to give credit where credit is due because that's it's if straight up you watch it and you and I think anyone who appreciate cinema in any way and in the most smallest way can't watch this film and go that wasn't you know that was was not amazing yeah. you know? and you know same reason why i can't give it to hobson shop because yeah. you know there's so many films no i'm no it's, it's just that's and i i you know i i felt weird even doing it because of the actual emotional like visceral joy and reaction i got from endgame but it's not all from endgame uh and uh the visceral joy and reaction i got from parasite or feelings multiple good and bad uh was just from parasite we only had two films in common this year yeah parasite and uh I am my and mother. I am mother. They both matched their spot. Exactly. That is so strange. Yeah, one and nine. So our top films are down. And, and don't worry, this two-hour podcast, we're going to try to match the Irishman. Uh, we no. have a little bit more. We have some more from the party. We're going to be doing uh, Chelsea, Kelly, and Tash. And then we're going to come back with what? What? 
listener lists. lists. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Here we go. Let's start with you, Chelsea. What what is your favorite film of the year? So here's the thing. I've been at this party a little bit. I'm pretty drunk. We're all trying to remember what movies even came out this year. Sure. Also, what we did yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure had I been less drunk and had more than 30 seconds to think about it, I could have thought of a better answer. But sincerely, the first movie that came to mind for me, it's called Breaking In. Yeah. Wow. Listen. It wasn't the best movie of 2019, but I'll tell you what, it was a treat. But you remembered I it. I remembered it. I love Gabrielle Union. Yeah. I love a movie that like takes place. I almost was going to say Booksmart, but I actually didn't love it. It just made me want to watch Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love a movie like Breaking In or like Booksmart or like Can't Hardly Wait that takes place like over like a night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt Love is real. Oh, uh, so good. Oh, if this was oh, the yeah? best movie of 1998 or 9, oh, that was, I would say Can't Hardly Wait. Wow. Yeah, All right, Kelly, good. lean into that mic. Tell me what I'm your favorite film of 2019 in. is. Uh, uh, definitely Hustlers because oh, shit, yeah. uh, J-Lo killed it on that pole. Oh I mean, J-Lo is gold. Fair. She is like what I'm trying to like get her skincare routine and her workout <laughs> regimen down. And as a person who maybe, has maybe. a tendency to have codependent friendships, I really resonated You're with right. that. I'm like, oh my God, you're so troubled. Let me be your best friend and uh, help you. All right, all right. You know? Hustlers. Yeah, Good hustlers. deal. Tash. Yeah. Yo. What up? What's your favorite film of 20? 19. All right, this is going to be a bit of a it's going to be a switcheroo. Okay. I'm going to do this via Dolomite is my name. Shit. Okay. Because wow. shout out to Eddie Murphy, shout out to my peoples. But I got to say this. I remember seeing Dolomite the original. The original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to tell cuz I got to shout out that first. Okay. Well, yes. There cannot be there cannot be the new Dolomite film had the the old Dolomite film not existed. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm at the crib. It's three in the morning. I'm on the sofa bed because motherf motherfuckers didn't have a bed for What me. are you going to do? Shout out to them. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of details. What are you going to do when you're 345 on the, on the pullout couch or whatever? I'm, what are you gonna the, do? I'm out there in the living room and I'm literally sitting there and Dolomite for the first time is on TNT at three in the morning and I'm like, like Woo! <laughs> this shit is popping. All right. I'm like, All right. what? All right. I didn't see him off. Tash, roundabout story, but I appreciated it very much. Yeah. <laughs> that was the longest story so ever. It was not. You're telling us it's nostalgic for you, is what you're saying. The second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Or all the of second it. All right. Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite is my name. Yeah. That is a look, I, I feel what Tash is putting down here because I saw I saw Dolomite, the original Dolomite, in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, in New Zealand, where we we I first saw a trailer for it at the Incredibly Strange Film Festival, which was run by Ant Timpson. Uh, and he played like this these old movie trailers. I saw that trailer and I was like, what? Is this, yeah. I need to find it, and I was not disappointed. A movie that kind of uh, itches itself in your brain. It is, by all accounts, bad. Very bad. But in a way that is kind of delightful. And I think, you know, Dolomite, I haven't seen Dolomite is my name yet, but I feel like it might be the disaster artist of this year. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, I'm very excited to see Eddie Murphy kind of maybe reclaim the throne um, appropriately. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, good choice. Very yeah. good choice. Yeah. 
All right, let's get through some 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 so. listener lists, and we can we can keep going, <laughs> keep going. Uh, I am very excited. One thing for 2019 that I've been very excited about is all our listeners that have been uh, that have been commenting, that have been writing into us. Uh, we have got a few emails about 1917 and uncut gems, which I haven't gotten to. We will get to those lists eventually, uh, but at this, uh, to those emails eventually. But at this point, I still want to just shout out these uh, these top five lists. If anything, this episode is just about movie love, and these are a lot of yes. movies that got loved this year. So, from Zachary, who is Terst Man on Twitter, a uh, person who's been reviewing all is of... Is his name Zachary? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he is a delight. I yes. call him Terst Man. Of course. Well, that's because it's his handle. And he wanted well, to say... that's his name to me. He's the Topam historian. Yeah. Congrats on making it through another year of podcasting, even though I've only been on this ride for a very short amount of time. I know what you guys have done is special, and I have nothing but respect for you guys oh. all the way. Uh, so this is our uh, his top five, um, and it goes like this. Number five, Hustlers. Mm -hmm. Number four. See you yesterday. I, I'm so excited about this pick yeah. because I think this is what got him excited or interested in our podcast was we hearing about this. He, he did, did his a, own. He started a podcast. He started his own podcast about it. He's been tweeting the director about it. Uh, 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 Stefan Bristol, the director of See You Yesterday, won a, uh, a prize at the uh, Spirit Awards. So I'm excited to see this film being championed. Also, Number I think about that movie all the fucking time. Yeah. It's so it good, right? So good. Yeah. Uh, Number three, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I wasn't quite drinking the Kool Aid on that movie, but you know. Good movie. Uh, number two, the Matt and Shahir uh, special, Hobbs and Shore. Really? Here's number two. Num I mean, it's fun as hell. <laughs> uh, number one, Detective Pikachu. Hey, hey Nick Parker and, and Tursman, uh kindred spirits. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I dug, don't get me wrong. I dug Detective Pikachu. Yeah, uh, I dug I, I it like, quite a bit. I I think I liked the the, the that's a film that I love the production design in the world of that yep. film. Shot on film, looked great. Uh, loved all the characters. Didn't love the movie. Yeah, I mean, I just it didn't stick with. Again, if I'm going with that as my my regiment, the you know, as soon as I left the theater in the podcast, I, I just didn't I didn't it didn't pop my brain. Uh, from your buddy Ross in L. A. Uh, Yay, Ross! We're excited about this in somewhat particular order. Jojo Rabbit. Of the Oscar movies, this is my personal favorite film, a Hitler gimmick that may have never worked out with a talent like Taika at the helm. Yep. Uh, 1917, I was totally along for the ride, bathing in the Kool-Aid, which I was not, but whatever. And I was totally <laughs> sutured into this film. Yeah. Uh, number, uh, whatever order this is in, Parasite, the hype machine almost toppled this one for me. I was so I was uh, instantly judging this film on the hype, uh, so the first 20 minutes felt a bit slow, but then it was just overwhelmed. Uh, but then I was just overwhelmed by it. Little Women had no frame of reference for really what this was. Never saw or read any version of the kid, and that's a really interesting conversation for what boys and girls read, but I don't have time for it here. <laughs> I loved the movie. The time jumps were initially confusing, but it total, but made total sense the deeper I got into the film. Dear sir, thank you. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This was great fun despite being a little long. 60s Hollywood was great to see, and, when we saw it on the, and we saw it in the Cinerama Dome, which was a cameo towards the end of the film. Everyone in the theater cheered. Uh, I know what was coming at the end, and the violence uh, was a little much for me, but still enjoyed my time. Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, I was uh, on this before the Oscar noms came out, so my preconception was, was I heard it was just a, a good movie, and I like James Gam uh, James Mangold, the director <laughs> of the film. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. The Irishman. It was fine. Rods. <laughs> 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 Long. But fine. You Joe Pishy was great. Scorsese is the master. Uh, but nothing here really grabbed me. Why did it make the list? All right. Okay. <laughs> he just likes talking about it. I All think right. maybe to shout out to Pesci. Joker. 
I drank the Kool-Aid on this one. The tone and mood and the spiral of this really affected me. I don't know what it was actually trying to say at the end, and I think that it is problematic. The Bruce Wayne stuff fell shoehorned in, but overall, I thought this was pretty good. Deserving of living Oscar noms? No. This is overhyped. Score and acting for sure. I'm impressed with what Todd Phillips did here, and I would definitely bump him in favor of Greta Gerwig. It sounds like it was uh, a movie that carried its emotions through. Yeah, it affected him. Uh, marriage Story. Sadly, this is the one I haven't seen. I was gonna say now, Ross. I love yeah, you, Ross. You're just listing all the movies. Did yeah. you watch Little Women? <laughs> he did. You better Ross, have watched Little Women. Ross, Ross is a good friend from college, and uh, uh, he definitely did. Okay. Uh, biggest snub was Knives Out. Also loved Booksmart, Toy Story Four, Missing Link. We should have yep, seen that. Yep. Like a film. Avengers: Endgame, Peanut Butter Falcon, Hustlers, Rocket Man, Yesterday, and Star Wars was fine. Uh, one more here from a listener uh, Jacob we love hearing from Jacob has Hi, a Jacob. Movie, movie motion podcast uh, top five pretty much ordered greatest to least so I'll start at the least I guess yeah please Jojo Rabbit okay still on the list Frozen 2 Little Women Booksmart Us Ah, uh, top number one. Shit. That's a very interesting. Something. List. I, look, I, out of the the three listener lists that we just listed, list list list. Yeah. Um, listlessly. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the differing opinions, especially I mean from ours as well. Um, it's I, ah, I'm always fascinated about about the things that actually grab different people. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why doing this podcast and talking with you, Shahir, and Jamie, and and everybody uh, who writes us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com um, is so enjoyable for the past, what, four years? Yeah, we've been doing this a while. Uh, getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, we are getting a little long in the tooth. So I'm gonna read one, I just want to read one. It's not a list, but it's just oh. a quick note from uh, from uh, Jonathan Blade. Who oh, I was going to say, I was hoping we had something from, from Jonathan. The, yeah, from the Blade. Uh, uh, who says, I don't have a list, just Parasite, <laughs> but Best Picture. Uh, yeah. But Why? here's what he says. I don't think it'll win Best Picture, mind you. It had the longest leagues of staying power in my head space. I think year. he might it's have changed his... Best Picture. It, it, he might have changed his tune on Twitter. I thought I saw something earlier. I could be mistaken. Blade, you made it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you did it. You did it. All right. What else? We, so we got We got one more set of people. This is uh, Amy, Anthony, Shivali, and Jingleheimer Schlammerschmitz. Jingleheimer Schlammerschmitz. Yeah. Who, I saw this dude walking down the street. I know. The you were making eyes. Let's, yeah, let's no, I like right this guy. Now for the movies that affected them, 2019. Okay, I am here with Amy, Anthony, Shivali, and I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Hello. Okay, what's your name? Um, uh, Jingleheimer Schlammerschmitz. Jingleheimer Schlammerschmitz, thank you so much for joining us at this party to talk about our 2019 favorite films, or at least films that touched us in some way of the year. By the way, your co-host is very handsome. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> very, very I mean, handsome. listen, you play your cards right, and I will introduce you to Shahir Dowd. Uh, but we are going to start it with Amy. All right, so my most connected with film of 2019, and don't judge me, was Last Christmas, starring okay. the mother of dragons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the hot guy from Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> yeah. That is the hot guy from Crazy Rich Asians. I knew I recognized him. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. I him, right? I haven't seen it yet. He's so hot. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so, so so it connected with you. It did. It's a ridiculous movie. Listen, no one's gonna debate that it's a ridiculous movie. That's fine. But honestly, it's a it's it's built as a Christmas movie, and its Christmas message is very well delivered. Okay. Okay, Anthony, twenty nineteen. Yes, twenty nineteen. So uh, I remember going to the comic shop every week. Uh, every month to buy every issue of um, Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, shit. Um, and so 
Uh, that said, I think that the movie that stuck with me um, in a very interesting way this year was probably I Am Mother. Uh, <laughs> ah, it's a twist! My knitted infinity gauntlet was itching and now you've made me want to snap, but that's okay. No, I, I Am the Mother- thing is, The movie made $3 billion. There's no reason in some schmuck from Astoria talking about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. Let's um, talk about I Am Mother because we, I mean, that was a movie that I very much enjoyed. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, they do this thing where they can talk about a taboo subject by bringing it up uncomfortably close sometimes. And um, I Am Mother, I think, especially in the current climate that we're in in the world, does this thing where it's like, it looks at, it's essentially about uh, this AI. And uh, as may have been, uh, you know, discussed by many people, the spiritual sequel uh, to Terminator, et yes. cetera. Et yes, cetera. no, Shahir and I both both mentioned that uh, on the podcast for it. And it was, it yes. was yeah, 100%. That is correct. I feel it was very well <laughs> oh, interpretation. No. Sorry. A hundred percent fair. Shivali, favorite film, 2019. Okay, so favorite film was definitely Parasite. Nice. Uh, Marister is interesting for any New York couple, particularly one with kids. <laughs> yeah. It just it just hit, hits home Seems on like so many different Seems like a hard movie to watch with your husband. It does seem like oh, a yeah. hard movie to watch with your husband. Jingleheimer yes. Oppensmith, or whatever the hell your name was. You're very, uh, you're very apt. Yeah. Uh, but just for fun. Sure. Okay, so I was I was on the plane traveling to San Fran for a conference. Sure, I just really enjoyed Anna. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, like the talk hot about... assassin. There's nothing to talk about. Is that, oh, is wow. that a Luke Besson film? Is wait, that... wait, who? I'm sorry. What? The, uh, is that a Luke Besson? Uh, film? It could be. It I, could I, be. I didn't. I don't know anything about the movie. I don't know who made but it. But you had fun. But it was just. Fun. Okay, uh, John Jacob, your name is my name too. What uh, what was your favorite film of 2019? So, uh, the, my favorite film. This is going to be really hard to keep this voice going. Oh no, no, keep but, going. But well, why? It going. sounds like your normal natural. It is my voice. normal speaking voice. It is how Do I talk to people. Do the Scottish voice. Oh well, no, that's for special occasions. <laughs> 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 the two movies that I loved that I saw on a plane back to back this year were Three Identical Strangers, a documentary okay. which actually came out in 2018. Not one, but two doppelgangers. You're, uh, you sound, you're starting to sound very familiar. Yeah. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting angry for no reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was uh, uh, Gaspar Noé's film Climax, which okay. is a film about a dance party uh, that gets spiked yes, with some LSD... And uh, it goes very wrong. All right, very look, wrong. Listen, you, you you are a trooper, and I think those films sound great. And you in no way sound like anyone I am intimately familiar with. Your so, co-host is so handsome. I, listen, so I, I will handsome. let him know when he gets here. Actually, do you want to toss back to Shahir? Because Shahir can actually oh. say something when we you come mean back. I get to talk to him. You get to talk to him right now. So tell your message to Shahir right now that you'd like to tell him. Shahir, um, El Camino was unnecessary. Bye. You have an admirer. I know. And you know what? He sounds so smart. I, I like what this guy is putting down. I think he is uh, a very good friend. And uh, we should have him on the podcast and see if we can sustain his voice. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get right on that. Some interesting, some interesting choices. I love that I, I have mother got some love. Anna, the uh, this is the model assassin film from Luke Besson. Yep, another got, last Christmas. Another last Christmas. People love movies. I do, do want to see Last Christmas. I did want to see it. Okay, last thing we're going to do before we go out here. We'll yep. try and do this quickly. Yep. All right. We're coming up at 2. It's like 4 in the morning. It's 2.30. Let's not be okay. dramatic. It's 5 a.m. I present to you the first annual only podcast about movie 
Academy Awards. Are we going to call it that? I don't know. Uh, Explain Matt, the rules. <laughs> Matt and I are going to pick one nominee from each of uh, each of the films that we've chosen uh, from our top ten. Yep. To award categories. it to award it for best actor, best actress, best cinematography, best director, best picture, and best screenplay. Six. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we're just going to present one each. Jamie is going to be the tiebreaker and pick her. Winner. I'm very learned. Everybody. And you don't even have to have seen these films. You can just say, I like it the way you say this it. Or is I how like it the works. Way. Yeah. This All is right. how I pick Matt's Hearthstone decks. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> uh, let's begin. Sean Jacob, were you just here? <laughs> let's begin with Biss Screenplay. My nominee is Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Uh, my nominee is uh, Farewell. The Farewell. Ah, Lulu Wang? Lulu Wang. Okay. Jamie. Break the tie. Uh, are, is it adapted or original? It's just screenplay. screenplay. No, that's th- this is why they break them into separate categories. No, nope, it doesn't matter because the farewell was not nominated, so it does not matter. We're just no, putting these it things. does matter because this is a Jamie, reason. it's two thirty in the morning. They're both equally good. Yeah, da- uh, Greta Gerwig's piece is an adapted screenplay from a previously written novel. Okay, the writing farewell, that down. Little the farewell woman, is written Greta from Gerwig, the story the of a writer who went through that experience. They're both true. They're both adapted. They're both adapted. Oh fuck. Okay. 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 I can do this. It's I can getting do this. Light. Jesus. Sun's Walsh. getting real low. Walsh, you can do this. Okay. <laughs> sun's getting um, real low. <laughs> uh, it is. I think it is Little Women because it has re-evolved the a piece of classic literature to adjust to a modern society. All right. All right. But right. I also want to say that it is also The Farewell because that's an extraordinary story that we haven't heard before. That's you an original are the story. Aca- you're the you're academy. The academy. You're the... I think you chose Little Women. If right. I, knowing you, I'm going to go with that's what you chose. Okay, best cinematography. Uh, ooh, I... Oh, ni- 1917. All right, I picked uh, Parasite. Kyung, uh, Kyung Pyo Hong. Jamie. Jamie. 1917. There All we right. go. 1917. Okay. Oh, one and Roger. one. you got it again, baby. <laughs> uh Best actor. I'm going with Adam Driver from Marriage Story. <laughs> I'm going with Robert Downey Jr., motherfuckers. What? Listen, but I will say, I will no, say uh, that if if the Academy can give awards for for careers in things in sure, the past, 100%. they could have done it. They they give that with money. Hmm. Rubber Ducky J, yeah, good job. Yeah, you know what? He it's, gets, he gets a lot of money Driver too, here. so it all matches up. Moving all on. All right, best actress. I'm going with Lupita Nyonga from Us. Oh, that's very, very good. I went with Aquafina from The Farewell. Ooh. I haven't seen. Oh no, I saw The Farewell. You can make a choice. You can be arbitrary. I I have to pick. I have to pick Aquafina because I haven't seen Lupita Nyonga, even though I imagine she's amazing. We are two for I two also, now. I also was incredibly moved by the mother-daughter dynamic of that film. And uh, as someone who uh, talks with their mom in difficult ways sometimes, it, that was very important to me to hear. I hope Nainai has finally discovered the truth about why they were making a movie. In I don't think she has. <laughs> Best director. I'm going with Noah Baumbach. I'm going with Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon oh, God. I think I'm going also with Bong Joon-ho. There we okay, go. Fair enough. And finally, Best Picture. Bong Joon-ho. I think I said it wrong. Yeah, I was right. very late. It's very late. It's very late. You both went with the same Best thing? Picture. I think we're going with no. the same one here. Parasite. Yeah, Parasite. 
Yeah. So what are we at now? Yep. So you can't pick Parasite. Can't pick. So here we go. Okay, these are so the Parasite. These are the Topam <laughs> Awards. Uh, best screenplay went to Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Congratulations, Greta. You can get your uh, award in the mail. Um, best cinematography went to Roger Deakins for 1917. Best actor Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Best actress Aquafina for The Farewell. Best director Bong Joon Ho for Parasite and Best Picture Parasite. So technically, I win. <laughs> it's not a competition. These oh, it's are not. The, these are the awards oh, we're giving it, well, to it's, people. It's a. It's an honor just to give these fake awards. <laughs> what year is it? It Every- is very late, and we are going to endeavor to release this episode immediately following. I this. have to edit it. Cheers. Going to do the graphic. We took the pictures already. Thank God we did. Jamie's going to go to bed. And uh, yeah, best, we best dog Sayuri the pit bull starring Brandy <laughs> in. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> okay. I could uh, do a whole podcast on that dog. Why not Thank just do... Thank you yeah. to everybody who listens in. This is a long episode. This is also a victory lap for us as podcasters yeah. because we love movies, and this is an episode about the movies we loved from 2019, including the awards that we wanted to give out and the awards that were actually given out. Uh, that is a special thing. We love movies. Tell us what movies you love. Write to us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. Um, talk to us about movies. Movies yeah. are, We're here. are wonderful. We're around. Uh, Jamie, when you are not being kept awake before important days uh, the next day, where can folks find you? I start a job tomorrow. Um, I can be found on Twitter. Well, well, hang on, hang on. No, both. I can be found on Instagram at jimjam underscore Walsh and also at Twitter at jimjam underscore Walsh. Uh, please follow me. I really like attention. <laughs> All right, fair. Shahir, when you are not uh, gonna, sleeping, going to sleep, that's going to do. bed, where can <laughs> You can, you can find me sleeping, sleeping soundly on my website, www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are editing together podcasts for immediate release, where can people find you? You can find me totally not listening in on what special occasions you have a Scottish accent for at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. My life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and P-S-N or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. If there was a Hobbs and Shaw movie, I'd do it in a Scottish accent. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, and there would be a scene between Next you and week, me. we're going to pray for some fucking birds. Ugh. Uh, no, don't. Uh. It's, no, I'm it's pray- 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's 200 a.m. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We love you all. Hopefully, you had a good time with this and the Oscars and podcasts and movies and breathing and, and sleeping. sleeping. Are you sleeping? sleeping? Go to sleep. Go to bread. Go to fuck to sleep. Wow. Bye. Bye.